Hello and welcome back to the show. I'm Chance Ellison. I'm Russell Howe. And we are Notorious by Chance, which is the weekly show where we come in and talk all things movies and sometimes TV. I'm not, we're not going to discount it altogether, but uh, this is our final week of Scarefest, which is always extends to November, because that usually happens. But we decided to give you one more episode, and this is our episode on horror comedies, which you decided to do. You decided to give us Little Shop of Horrors, which is actually interesting, because like Russell, you, you actually prided this. You hadn't seen it. I had never seen it, no. Um, it was one of those ones that were always in the lexicon of like films. Oh, you know, Little Shop of Horrors. I just never got around to watching it. Um, so I'm actually kind of glad it won. Um, we'll obviously talk about it later on. But yeah, I, I had never seen it pr- uh, prior. But as always, we have our usual segments, first of which is the weekly trailer rundown. Actually, for, before we go, uh, I gotta, I'm contractually obligated to ask, Russell, you've not been watching Game of Thrones, yes? This is correct. I thought so. Okay. Uh, have you been watching Watchmen, at least? <laughs> I have not. I, I honestly haven't even started that. I have the first three episodes in the DVR. Uh, I will watch that. You should, wa- you, you should watch Watchmen, because I know how much you love the movie. And even even me, I'm not even super big on the movie, but I love I love the comic, and yeah, the, yeah. the the show is fucking awesome. I've only seen the first two episodes, but it's it's a fantastic show, and I want you to watch it. That way, we can talk about it. I've heard good things. Um, I did watch American Horror Story. Uh, I'm caught up on that. Wait, you're I don't know if that's all, all, all 26 seasons. No, no, no. Uh, this season, the uh, 1984. Oh, how how is that? I mean, so far, it's so it's. Uh, it's okay. I think it's trying to like take turns like deliberately. I feel like it always does that. Um, it really does play off of the '80s nostalgic, obviously, hence 1984. But it plays a lot like uh, Friday the Thirteenth. It it literally does because it's set at a camp. Interesting. Right, well, regardless, so, we yeah. well that, that was our that was our TV talk. Maybe, we'll, maybe once Russell watches Watchmen, we'll actually you know, talk about that. <laughs> but as for right now, uh, we have we have our weekly trailer rundown. So first of which, uh, speaking of TV. Let's start with the only TV trailer we have to talk about today. That is the trailer for Netflix's The Witcher. Uh, the Witcher is has gained massive notoriety for being the thing that Henry Cavill would rather do than be Superman a second time. Or, I guess, a fourth time. Uh, Russell, is based on the popular games. What do you what do you think of this trailer? Um, I wish it was Man of Steel 2, but it's not. Um, I mean, it looks okay. I mean, it's, it's going to be different to see Cavill as obviously not Superman. Um... Obviously, Mission Impossible was kind of like, you know, his uh, his breakout of trying to break out of the role of uh, Clark Kent. I mean um, that and that this, and also Man from Uncle. But this looks this looks okay. I mean, it, it, it looks fine. I'm curious enough about it to watch it. Hey, if they can take away from Superman, it's got there's got to be something underneath the surface, right? Seriously, he must believe in something because if he doesn't want to, if, yeah, if this is taking him away from Superman. A man must have some heart involved in this Witcher, uh, this Witcher show. So we'll, either, we'll see. Either that, or he, or he just really hated the way, or like a lot of us, he really hated the way WB was handling Superman. Uh, but regardless, yeah. yeah, I think The Witcher looks interesting. I think that for video games like The Witcher, like uh, like big like fantasy role play games, you, they're really not suited for movies just because the story of them is just so expansive and just so broad that you need more time to kind of fill that out. Like, if they ever do a Legend of Zelda adaptation, I think it would be wise to do it for Netflix like this. I mean, maybe not like this, because yeah. it's, it's not... It's very different source material than this, but you know, you know what I'm saying. Like, for yeah. big, expansive video games, uh, a, ser- a serialized approach like this would probably be better suited. 
No, I agree. I mean, you don't want something so broad that, you know, you, you really can't focus on the on the show. You want something, you know, I mean, a little bit more concentrated. So, yeah, I, I understand. Yeah, so uh, either way, which it look, I think it looks interesting, and this is also coming with someone who is not. I'm not super familiar with the games. I'm assuming you're. I'm assuming you're not super familiar with the games either. No, I'm not. Okay, so yeah, uh, yeah, we have two, <laughs> The Witcher reviewed by two guys who know nothing about The Witcher. <laughs> so is it is it a table adaptation? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> uh, either way, we'll, fi- we'll find out. We'll listen to the comment. We'll listen. Uh, We'll read comments, I'm sure, about things that, oh, this is dead on, but we won't know. We, yeah, we, we won't know. We don't know any better. <laughs> uh, but either way, The Witcher is set for a Netflix release. It's, did it say when it's, did it say when it was coming out? December 20th, I oh. want to say. Oh, December. Yeah. So, so right around the corner. Right around the corner. All right. So, uh, Witcher coming out December 20th. Be on the lookout for that. Uh, next trailer we're talking about today. Uh, streaming, streaming wars continue as Apple throw their throw their hats in the cinematic game with the first trailer for The Banker. This is a drama. It stars Anthony Mackie, Samuel L. Jackson, Nicholas Holt, as well as Nia Lung, which I know it seems like an afterthought, but she's kind of afterthought the trailer too. Uh, they play uh, so Samuel L. Jackson and Anthony Mackie play two African Americans who try and buy a bank to loan with the express intent of loaning black people money. Which was something yeah. in it's set in the fifties. It did say where I can't remember if it said in the trailer. Um, not that I am aware of. I know it was in the fifties. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't think they. Should, I don't think they Either said way. anything. It's set in the fifties, which that, at that time, uh, yeah, it was the it was, it was kind of frowned upon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can see, I can see that this was a this was a big deal back then. Yeah, it's uh, loosely based on a true story. Russell, what do you think of the? What do you think of the trailer for The Banker? And do you think Apple can hang with these things like Netflix and Amazon as far as, you know, as far as movies go, as far as being a major player in the cinematic game? Well, when you have like Samuel L. Jackson, Nicholas Holt, and Mackie, I mean, those are some names in the Hollywood uh, industry right now. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I can absolutely see Apple hanging in there. And just because it's Apple, um, you're going to get that you're going to get that crowd, that demographic. Um, the movie looks really good. I, I'm, I'm really intrigued by it. Um, I don't know if I'm ever going to see it just because of the fact that I'm not going to probably get Apple because there's just literally so much at your fingertips. You know what I mean? Uh, I, I sent you a message. We, we, we signed up for uh, Disney plus we already have Netflix. So it's kind of like, you know, you gotta, you gotta kind of, you know, sort out what you want, what you pick, don't want. Pick and choose. This movie looks, yeah, you gotta pick and choose. Uh, this movie looks good though. I, I think it has the feel of a movie that would be a theatrical released film. Well, it is, so I I think absolutely... it is getting a theatrical release. It is getting a oh, theatrical okay. release just to... I, I, I believe that's going to be to, uh, you know, be an Oscar contention because they couldn't they couldn't be in contention if they didn't get a theatrical release. Yeah. So I'm not it sure how good, big though. it was going to be, but it will, get, it will get a release. It looks good, though. Yeah, so uh, if you can catch in theaters, the banker will be... Uh, the banker will be out... Uh, November, uh, December 6, 2019, but if you happen to have Apple TV+, Plus, which I still know anybody who has that service, but if you do, if you're, if you're one of the ones, uh, you'll be able to get that movie January 31st, 2020. And uh, just comment on our Facebook group, Notorious by Chance. Yeah, 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 like, uh, yeah. <laughs> message, yeah, let us know message one of us. You, if you have Apple TV+, yeah. Plus, message one of us, because we'll bring you on so you can talk about it, see if it's worth it. <laughs> yeah, you could you could talk about the yeah you talk about the pros and or cons of Apple TV because I literally know nobody that has this. Uh, pros, peanuts, cons. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Not enough peanuts. Not enough <laughs> pros, peanuts, 
Cons. <laughs> not enough peanuts. Uh, all right, next. Apple Apple TV is the Knott's Berry, it's the Knott's Berry Farm of streaming services. <laughs> okay. Uh, next show we're talking about right now is for the photograph. Why did I say it like that? The photo, the photograph. Photo, oh boy. Photograph. Uh, somewhere, I, somewhere I can hear Nickelback singing. <laughs> Look at his photograph. That's how they should have. They should have had that inside oh, the. I, uh, I, the man, I would, I would have. I would have taken off no points if they actually played that song. Uh, but anyways, yeah, the movie's the, photograph. There's your opportunity. Uh, the photograph is a romantic drama starring uh, someone who I didn't recognize, uh, Issa Rae. I think it's because I'm used to seeing her with shorter hair. But yeah, okay. I, I didn't I didn't recognize in this trailer. So it's Issa Rae and Lakeith Stanfield uh, as yeah, it's just uh, pretty much their love story. There's <laughs> not a whole lot to it. But uh, Russell, what do you think of the trailer for the photograph? We almost have like a get out reunion kind of. Did you notice that? Oh, well, Howard's in the movie too. Yeah. Yeah. And and um, and we have Jordan Peele's wife in this movie. Yeah. See, so it's uh, it's full circle, guys. It's full, full circle. circle. Um, it looks like a typical, you know, romance film. Uh, it's funny cause it's set, it's coming out like Valentine's day. So it, it had that feel of, um, past and present. It was kind of almost like lake house esque. You know what I mean? Like how they, cause the lake house didn't have two set. It had two separate stories. Past well, yeah. And yeah. Keanu Reeves and yeah. And uh, Sandra, Sandra Bullock. Bullock two years later. Yeah. So, well, I mean, obviously this is a lot different. This is her parents or whatever, or something like that. I think, I think but so. yeah, uh, it, it, it had that feel of it, but I mean, it looks okay. I mean, I, I'm a, I'm a sucker for uh rom-coms or dramatic, you know, romance films. So yeah. Well, I'm, I'm intrigued just cause I'm a sucker for this actor. I think the key Stanfield <laughs> is one of the, I think is one of the best actors working right now. He's like, he's fantastic. I love Issa Rae. I think the work she's doing on insecure is fantastic. Uh, Alex entire cast, the director and writer. This is Stella, Stella, Stella Mega. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but uh, that that doesn't sound familiar. He she also directed the teen drama Everything Everything, in which the girl could not go outside, or else she was. Gonna, it was one. It, it was, was one of die. the films where teenagers could not be outside, like Midnight Sun. Uh, Midnight Sun. <laughs> I can't. Yes. I can't be out in daylight. You're a fucking vampire. <laughs> Oh man! Uh, but yeah, regardless, I think this look, I think this looks really good. Uh, I'm mostly basing on the training of those two lead actors. I think they're I think they're both fantastic. I like the supporting cast, and yeah, this is set for a release uh, February fourteenth, twenty twenty. Next year we're talking about right now is for one that well, we talk about the first one, but it, that was part of our lost episode. So you have not heard our thoughts on Jumanji: The Next Level, aka The Rock is Dan DeVito, guys. Uh, so yeah, this is an uh, expansion of the first trailer we saw, in which uh, all the kids are dragged back. All the kids in the first one are dragged back into the game, but something's not right because, like we said, The Rock is Danny DeVito, Danny Glover is Kevin Hart, and uh, yeah, the black the black guy is Jack Black. At least for most of it, that's that's something I take issue <laughs> with this trailer. But uh, Russell, what do you think of the second trailer for Jumanji: The Next Level? Because I I really like the well, I, I really like the first trailer. This one I, I don't do think too. is this trailer I don't think is as good. I'll 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 agree with you on that. I like the first trailer a lot. I feel like we first off it was a little bit longer too. I think it was almost another like thirty seconds. Um, oh, and, and, and the blonde and the blonde girl's a horse. Yeah, and they kind of spliced in like different scenes and stuff like that. Um, overall, though, I mean, this movie is going to be you know uh, funny. Uh, Jack Black. I mean, these guys together, you know, is is comedic, you know, genius. Really, I mean, The Rock's really shown that he has a good sense of humor. He's really good at comedic actor. 
obviously Kevin Hart, Jack Black. I think this movie is going to be fun, um, just especially because they're they're playing off of the first one, and they're they're like how you said they're going to have like you know uh, Danny Glover and you know uh, Danny DeVito's character, which I think will be really funny. Them trying to act like them, so I think yeah, I'm I'm on board with this one. I was on board with this one with the first trailer. Um, kind of how you said, I didn't really care for this much this trailer as much as I did the first one. I think maybe it was just a little bit longer. I felt like we've seen a lot more. I didn't really want to yeah. see a lot of that. Well, you know, we also find out that they somehow get the original characters back. I'm not sure how this is going. I'm not sure how this is going to work, but they're they're hinting at some other bigger plot elements that intrigue me. I'm just like, huh? How does how does any of this yeah, game yeah. even work anymore? Yeah, that's that's the only thing. Yeah, so that that that's weird. But regardless, I'm I am looking forward to this movie. I really like the I was gonna say the first Jumanji, but this is that's technically the second Jumanji. Uh I, I really like Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle. I think it's a really fun I re- I think it's a really fun an action adventure film. And yeah, hopefully hopefully this one falls in suit, but it is Sony. So who knows? <laughs> Uh, next year we're talking about four is uh, one that comes out. Another one that comes out next year. It's the second Pixar movie of next year, and that is the first trailer for Soul. So uh, I talked. I talked a little bit about this one, about from the D twenty three rundown we did a few weeks back. But yeah, Soul is the next movie by Pete Doctor and by Pixar uh, about a jazz about a jazz guy named Joe, voiced by Jamie Fox, who gets his one jazz who gets his one like really coveted jazz gig he's always wanted. But right after he gets it, he falls down a hole and his soul jumps out of his body. Funny how that works. I hate how that. I hate when I, that happens. Yeah, right. Don't you, don't you just hate when that happens? Uh, from there on, he has to go to what is called the U seminar, which is not seen in this trailer, where he meets another soul, twenty three, who is who is seen in this trailer, voiced by Tina Fey, and pretty much is them trying to get Joe back to his body. Uh, so, uh, first thing I I I noticed like the animation on like the people. It, like it's it's fantastic. It, it might be the best human animation Pixar's ever done. I mean, to think of where we've come from '95 to now, it's it's incredible. Yeah, they they really nailed down the animation of humans. Uh, but aside sure. from that, Russell, what did you think of this trailer? I liked it. I I mean, color me intrigued. It didn't really it didn't really um, throw a whole lot out there, so you're intrigued. You want more, and that's kind of how I was when I was watching it. Um, you know, Pixar has just been on a on a roll lately, so I'm really looking forward to this. Um, this this movie had like the kind of a little bit of the feel of Inside Out with the uh, when they're out of the body, kind of had a feel of, like Inside Out. Which is thing. which is which is funny because people a lot of people thought it was going to be a sequel to Inside Out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, but obviously, I'm I'm really looking forward to this. This is something that's really not typical. You know, we always talk about Pixar really just is is so different. You know, I mean, even when Coco was coming out, it was something that was so different. And like even this, it plays in this, you know, obviously the name Soul, Soul Music. You know, what I mean, um, obviously this is this is another, uh, you know, a chance that uh, Pixar has taken. And I like I like the new the new ideas, the fresh ideas. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to this one. Yeah, honestly, this, I'm actually looking forward to this movie more than I am the other Pixar film Onward. I'm really looking forward to Onward. I would agree. I, I think Onward, I mean, Onward is just like, I think you know how that's pretty, I mean, you have an idea how it's going to play out. This one here, I think just because we didn't see a whole lot in the trailer, I think that's, it's it's getting me curious. Well, also like Onward just, this feels more Pixar to me than Onward does. Like Onward feels, yeah, like that first trailer feels a little DreamWorks. It feels more like a cash grab. I mean, obviously, 
I mean, to me, it's, I think it's, you know what I mean? I think that's a little bit more going towards the younger demographic where this one, I think is a little bit, I mean, obviously it's both, but I feel like, you know, uh, our demographic, I think will be represented a little bit more on this one, you know? Yeah. Like, it's like, like I said, I'm, I'm really, I'm still really looking forward to Onward, but I think this one looks more interesting to me at least. And it's set for a, I was, I was set for a summer release. Things for like July or, or something like that. I mean, let me, let me just June nineteenth. June nineteenth. Okay, I knew I knew, it was, I knew yep. it was, I knew it was like June or July or something. But yeah, June nineteenth, twenty twenty. Soul comes out. I'm I'm definitely definitely really excited to see it. Uh, Next, we're talking about for another another movie I'm excited to see out of twenty twenty. Uh, it's the Invisible Man, aka Dark Universe, Tap Number. Who the fuck's even counting anymore? <laughs> Memoirs of an Invisible Man. Memoirs <laughs> of the Invisible Man. Uh, this is again the reboot of the famous property, in the, the Invisible Man. Uh, but this takes a very different spin on it, as this one actually focuses on Elizabeth Moss, who is dating the guy. Who? Okay, so the story is she's dating a guy who's just really abusive. But one day he kills himself. But it turns, but maybe, maybe he didn't, because maybe it looks like he found a way to turn himself invisible. Yeah, hey, yeah, you know, I hate when my exes do that too. <laughs> she found a way to turn her invisible and start terrorizing go- her. Literally ghosting somebody. Literally. Oh God. Yeah, <laughs> literally ghosting somebody. Uh, it's, direct- it's written and directed by Lee Whannell, who direct- who was a- he wrote the first Saw. He wrote and direct he wrote and directed Upgrade last year, which I thought was really good. And yeah. starred Elizabeth Moss, Oliver Jackson Cohen, uh, Storm Reed, and Aldous Hodge. Uh, Russell, what do you think of the, tra- the first trailer for The Invisible Man? Oh, I was I was hooked. I really like the different approach that it's going. Um, I like the fact that she can't. He is leaving her five or six million dollars, and she cannot be clinically insane. Yeah, I she, think she, before, she or she won't. Yeah, she has to be proven to be like of sound mind before she can get the money. Of sound mind, which is great because she, her talking about like seeing this invisible person makes her look so crazy. So I I like that little curveball into the mix of things. But this looks fun. I'm really looking forward to it. Obviously, Blumhouse put their stamp on it, so this should be uh, pretty intriguing. Yeah, is that is a very toned down version of the Invisible Man. Like, it's not. I'm, I'm not gonna say it's grounded in reality, just because it's a guy turning, it's still a guy turning himself invisible. But it's not like you know, like scientists and magic potions and all that stuff like that. You ready for uh, Blumhouse's uh, whopping budget in this movie? Five million. One point two. You fucking serious? <laughs> Look on IMDb. Scroll down to the bo- the box office movies. This movie will open decently, and this movie's gonna make a ton of money back. If this movie, if this movie opens at ten million, it's a hit. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, and it looks. I mean, it looks really good. You don't have a whole lot of like money, obviously, wrapped up in the film. It's all mostly uh, paying for the cast, and stuff like that. But, I'm assuming. Uh, yeah. I mean, the little man is like the e- is like the easiest. It's probably like the easiest character to make to like adapt in the film, just because like he's, you you don't fucking see the guy. Like it's my thing is like remember like Hollow Man? Didn't they throw like paint on him or something oh, they, like that so you could see yeah. him? Yeah, they, 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 yeah, they put paint on him. I was wondering. I was like, please throw paint on him or something like that. You know, in this one. I mean, they're gonna have to. So but I kept, yeah, like it's. I kept having shades of Hollow Man. Yeah, it's wow. One point two million estimated budget. That's that's crazy to me, but. Yeah, I, I, w- I will take them to task. They took the marketing team to task a little bit because I feel like they showed a little bit too much in this trailer. Yeah, I mean, I can I can understand that. I I, I completely agree. They but did it went a little too far. What they but showed, but what they, what they showed yeah. was really cool. 
yeah, well, I'm, I mean, trust me, you, you you got me in. I mean, I'm I'm absolutely curious. I like the adaptation, kind of changing it up a little bit. I like that. Yeah, and uh, well, regardless, I think this I think this trailer still looks cool. I'm still excited for the movie, and it's set for a. Let me just double check that. It's set for a February twenty eighth, twenty twenty release. So right around the corner. And the last trailer we're talking about right now is what was it? Oh yeah, <laughs> I sent it to you last minute because I didn't even know this was a thing until. A little while ago, and that's trailer for Wendy. Uh, so it's directed by Ben Seti or Ben Satine, or I can't I can't remember his fucking name, I, or even if I did, I can't remember how to pronounce it. Uh, but this is the same guy who directed Beast of Southern Wild way back in 2012. Like it took him, yeah, uh, okay, Ben Ben Zaitlin, that, that's his name. All right, so yeah, it's set. <laughs> he he hasn't directed movies since Beast of Southern Wild way back in 2012. He'd been trying to get us off the ground, and I thought, okay, it's probably going to be one of those projects that just goes by the wayside. Because I, I didn't hear anything about this. And then, like, I woke yeah. up today, I'm just like, oh, yeah, no, we already shot, we already shot the movie. It's coming out next year. I'm like, what the fuck? When did that happen? When yeah, did you, I, I when did you do this? I didn't hear about it. I just get a message from you in my inbox on Facebook about check this trailer out. I'm like, okay. I saw the name, and I was instantly thinking, I was like, oh, please don't let it be about this. Uh, and, and it was about that? And it's about it. Course. Okay, look, I will say this. Uh, I will say this looks like a more interesting version of Peter Pan than Hook does. <laughs> Which Pe- I, mean, I wish Peter was standing uh, in the room right now because he he would like try to strangle me right now. But either way, look. So Russell, I'll, <laughs> I, I you're not bearing the lead. You were not a fan of this trailer. Here's my thing. This looks like a Disney Plus release um, to me. Uh, it looks like a streaming service type release. I, I just I can't. I'm just tired of like the same things over and over again. I don't know how many stories we can tell about the same things over and over again. You know, we had Pan, we had Peter Pan, you have Hook, now you have Wendy. I just feel like we're really beating the beating the dead horse here with Peter Pan. I get it. He's iconic. It's you know, it's fun. I mean it sells obviously, so they keep putting it out, but I just don't think this movie's gonna do very well in the theaters. I think this is a this looks like a Disney Plus release to me. And I just I, I don't know. It 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 uh, it just I don't know. It's just one of those films where it just doesn't 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 hook me, literally. <laughs> um, but seriously, I just I don't know. I'm just kind of over the whole Peter Pan stuff. I get it, and I I completely understand it because Peter Pan has been done so many times. But I I always say, if you're going to go back to source material that's been done so many times, you got to do something really different. And I this looks like it's doing something really different. No, and I commend him for that. I just, to me, it's like I feel like we 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 know the characters that we've seen it before. Like, I mean, now we're getting a backstory of Wendy. I'm like, okay, it's like nobody asked for that though. Like, I, Peter I, Pan's I the one that drew, drew, you know. I'm very curious how fantastical this is going to be because, like, you see a lot of things where it's like, oh, is this a fantasy world? Is this not what's going on? I think it does yeah. a great job building that kind of intrigue. I think the kids all look like they're doing a really good job. Peter Pan's Peter Pan's black now, which that's that's a that's a different change. I mean, Ariel's black now too. So I mean, all bets. That is true. That is true. (laughs) I mean, but to me, it's like I feel like I just don't want Peter Pan to show up and take away from Wendy. You know what I mean? And I like I feel like that's what's going to happen, regardless of what color he was going to be in this film. I'm just saying in general because then it feels more like a Peter Pan film. Do you know what I mean? Let you know. Let's let's remake the Snow Queen and let's make her black. There you have it. I mean, let's just. I mean, like you know, let's just get crazy. Get crazy. Why not? Uh, but yeah, you know, I think this. I think this was really interesting to me. Like I nope. was, I, like the trailer. It took a lot, well, a little while to get me to get into it. But once I did, I'm just like, fuck, this looks really cool. Because like, I, I mean, know, I'm did, gonna, you, did you see his last movie? Did you see Beast of Southern Wild? 
I have never seen it. I've heard such great things about it. Oh, it's a, um, I, re- it's a, I remember when it's a fantastic film. I remember when it came out. It got a lot of accolades and stuff like that. I just, I, it's one of those films I just did not get around to. Yeah. Um, I will give Wendy a chance. So it's not like I'm sitting there downgrading and saying, "Hey, I'm not going to watch this." I give everything a chance. It's just to me, it's like I feel like we're really taking properties and we're really trying to wring it out for every dollar that we possibly can get. I just feel like we've seen enough Peter Pan recently in recent years, the last twenty years or so, especially the last couple of years with Pan and uh, Peter Pan. Peter Pan. Oh, the 2003 version, which is actually really good. Yeah. Uh, Which but, everybody really likes. I never saw it, but uh, a lot of people talk about that. that, they it's, probably, really it's, that one. it's probably the best version of Peter Pan that ever like, hit the screen. To me, Hook, it, like, here, here it is. Hook's nostalgic for me because I was eight when it came out yeah. in 91. That's where that lays. I bought the, I had the toys. I had the figures and stuff like that. So, I, and, you know, it, it's Dustin Hoffman. It, it's Robin Williams. I, it's been a long time since I've revisited it. It doesn't hold um, up. No, that's what I've heard. And I, like, but again, it's one of those nostalgic feels to it. So it's like uh, kind of probably how you how you said with PJ. It's one of those things. It's a, it's a nostalgic feel for me. No, it is, and that's that's. I I truly believe that's the reason. That's the only people of Hook because they have good memories. of People liking Hook, even Spiel, yeah, even Spielberg yeah, sure. said Hook is bad. Yeah, because <laughs> I remember seeing that in theater. I was like I said, I was eight or nine when it came out, and yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, but regardless, Wendy is set for a February 2020 release. I think it looks really interesting. I'm looking I'm looking forward to it. Uh, and yeah, we're, we're definitely both going to see it. But uh, yeah, for sure. Moving on, we have our, of course, our new segment, Notorious News, and we have a good amount of things to talk about today. Some really interesting, some just ha. Huh. Uh, so, uh, first thing we're talking about is uh, Russell has a new screen movie in the works. Uh, I did see something about that. Yes, uh, there's another screen movie in the works from Spyglass Entertainment. Uh, for for a while, Jason Blum of Blumhouse was going to make a screen movie, but I guess he lost the rights or something. I'm not sure, but we are getting another screen movie. Original writer Kevin Williamson is not returning to write, and Wes Craven is, of course, dead, so he will not be returning to direct. Uh, I think that puts a dapper on this, just because, look, Scream, the, Scream was always at its best when it was Williamson and Craven collaborating together. <laughs> and oh, absolutely. We're not... And, like, th- three is the worst because that's the only one Williamson didn't write. Yeah. Like, to me, it's like, here's the thing. The first Scream came out in 96. It was a perfect time coming out. Um, I, I think because the horror genre, and I've said it before. I've said it, like, I don't, I'm pretty sure in this podcast and Hunter and I's podcast. Um, it's one of those things where the horror genre in general didn't really have a direction. Um, we were getting sequels. We were getting another Friday the 13th. We were getting another Nightmare on Elm Streets. We were getting things. We were getting more, you know, uh, Halloweens. We were getting a lot of things that were just unoriginal. I think this plays homage back to the uh, of, of the horror of, of yesteryear. You know what I mean? And I think we were ready for it then. I think that that was when it took everything by surprise. Now it's like I don't think it would. I don't know. I, I don't think it would be so successful right now, and especially without Craven's stamp of approval. And on top of it, without Williamson uh, uh, penning the um, writing in it, it, it's 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 questionable right now. The horror genre isn't in that direction right now. The horror genre is in a different direction. It's more uh, paranormal, more um, you know, like uh, I can't. How do I even explain? Yeah, I would say more paranormal, more supernatural, like, which is supernatural. Yeah, I would say supernatural esque. I think we're we're shifting away from what made Scream so successful in the mid nineties. Unless um, they, they would have to do an approach with something, with something with the paranormal, but that doesn't work with Scream. It's 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 a whole complicated no. thing. No, no. I mean, how can you bar? How can you take that 
premise, especially because there's four movies, and we can obviously all agree that the third one's the weakest of the four. Yes. Um, but I, to me, how can you take that idea without kind of like borrowing and copying what was already set up and, and, and proven to be successful? To me, it just doesn't work. I, I think this is just, it's kind of one of those properties where I think I wish they'd just kind of like stay off of it. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's a shame. It's a shame this was wrestled away from Jason Blumka. I think he would have done something really interesting with it. But uh, regardless, I think so too. regardless, uh, we're getting Scream Five. Or actually, we don't even have a Scream Five. It might be a reboot. It might be a total reboot. I think they haven't decided yet. Again, and then you're gonna, then you're gonna have to. How, how do you do it then? Like no you're, idea. you're gonna bar. I, I don't know. To me, I, I just, I don't know. Um, did you see in the news? I don't know if you're gonna be talking about. It. I saw Paranormal Seven. Paranormal? No, I, I didn't. Paranormal Seven. Yeah. Yeah, I seen somebody posted on Facebook. Uh, Paranormal Seven apparently is happening. Oh, um, I don't know who posted it, and naturally, I go back to my Facebook, and it's gone. <laughs> but Paranormal Seven is, is uh, apparently supposed to be happening. Wow. Let me look here. How many? Yeah. How many different? How many different things can you do with Paranormal Activity? Paranormal Seven in development at Paramount and Blumhouse. Speaking of the devil. So, um, yeah, we'll see what happens. Well, of course, this was in Ju- this was five months ago reported, so I don't know okay. where that's at now. Uh, oh, okay, Paramount announces a release date for Paranormal Activity 7. How about that one? Oh, really? Um, we will be seeing the unnamed flick will hit theaters on March 19th, 2021. It's, it's, it's taking them two so. years to make a paranormal movie. That's horseshit. Those don't take a whole lot of time. To, those, those don't take a lot of time to make. Look at the first one. Yeah, well, that first one shot like a weekend. Yeah. So yeah, I, I don't know. I just I just happened to see that on the um, on Facebook feed. I just wanted to talk about because I love the first paranormal activity. But again, this is another thing. I think we're we're kind of we're out of the whole loop of the found footage films. So I think we've had our filth. You know what I mean? Obviously, Blair Witch kind of set the table for that. Um, and I think we had a window within like 10 years of like found footage films like Chronicle, Cloverfield, and other films like that. Yeah, so now regardless, we're getting another scream and apparently not a permanent activity. Hooray. Uh, next, there you have it. Next story we're talking about right now is uh, biopic news. We are getting a biopic on the Bee Gees. That's right. Saturday Night Fever. <laughs> the Saturday Night Fever greats, the Bee Gees. Now, on paper, this doesn't sound very interesting just because... Is anybody a fan of the Bee Gees outside of Saturday Night Fever? I don't think so. I I actually listen to them. Oh, do you really? <laughs> I do. Oh, okay. <laughs> so there we go. I do, and I and I think it's because my mom loves the Bee Gees, and I kind of rubbed off on me. Uh, yeah, I, I, guilty pleasure. I, I enjoy uh, the so unique sounding, obviously. Well, in that um, case, how, how familiar are you with the behind the scenes stories of the Bee Gees? Not so much. Not so much of that. Music wise, I'm better, obviously. Um, I just know that, yeah. I obviously know that the whole the whole group's brothers. I remember the one. I think the one killed himself. That was in. Um, well, yeah, the depression. I think led to an overdose. Didn't and, it? And, and, and I think it was Andy Gibb. I think Andy's the one that uh, I think killed himself. Yeah. Well, only only one only one BG is still standing. And yeah, there was there was a whole lot of there's a whole lot of drama behind behind the three of them because they were they were feuding all the time. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, when. I mean, you figure this was a height of the what seventies. They were uh, they were big. They they you know I mean, fuck. He was a backup on uh, Greece. You know they 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 pens you know the song on that one too. I, I believe one of the Bee Gees did, didn't they? Give do uh, the one did they? song Greece. Greece is the word. Greece oh no, that word. was uh, that was Frankie Valley. 
uh, he's in. Oh, uh, I might be thinking of that summer nights when he hits that high note. That's uh, Gibbs voice. Oh, is it really? Yeah, you can hear. You can. It sounds just like a BG. Um, I don't, yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I, I always thought. I always thought it didn't sound like John Travolta. No, it's not. It's not Travolta. I'm pretty sure it's a Gibb. I wouldn't be surprised if it is. Uh, don't uh, quote, don't take that to the bank. But uh, I'm pretty sure. Okay. Well. E- well. Either way. Uh, yeah. Bar- Barry Gibb is the only one uh, still around, and like, there's a whole rumor where. Uh, when I think it was Robin Gibb was dying, I can't give I can't give from this is true or not, but uh, it was when Robin Gibb was dying that he didn't want to see, he didn't want to see Barry on his deathbed. So yeah, there was a whole lot of bad blood there. I do hope that they go into a lot of personal stuff because that's when I mean that's the difference between like something like Bohemian Rhapsody and Rocket Man is where you have yeah. I, I don't want to be about the music, I want it to be about the person. And that's what you want it to be about. I mean, that's that's what obviously that's the whole idea of what makes it to me more intriguing. Like we know the music. Let's see how. Let's see the what happens uh, when the when the music shut off, when the tape stops. You know what I mean? I'm kind of curious about that. Yeah, for sure. But uh, either way, uh, no more almost is going to be released. Doesn't even have a doesn't have anybody on. It is in it's in development. So we will keep. If you guys on get that. a chance, if you guys get a chance to check out the, uh, I just throwing it out there uh bg's one night only it's a live compilation of some of their their hits they also do a great duet with celine dion it's really uh really good really good uh performance so if you guys get a shot to check that out i believe it's on dvd as well but check that out. that's a good concert all right uh next we're talking about right now is one that uh, i'm gonna throw this out just because it's it's not i don't think our thoughts this will be pretty brief uh Ant-Man 3, there's a lot of speculation on whether or not this is going to happen, but it looks like it is right now, and it looks like Peyton Reed is slated to return to direct, which I think is kind of a no-brainer choice. I can't imagine Peyton Reed not coming back to do this. Just because, like, you know, he's... Yeah, I mean, it, I... Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, it's, a, it's absolutely a no-brainer. I don't know why you know, it would come to surprise for some people that he would do the third one. Unless they get, unless they actually get Edgar right back, yeah. I'm pretty sure you look at this and be like, "Oh, you oh, look at this and be like, go fuck yourself." No. <laughs> uh, but regardless, I think that Ant Man's. I think it's a really underappreciated property. I think that both the first two movies are both like really, really solid comedies. Then, which you would have to do with a character I like Ant Man. It it is, and I think Paul Rudd's a perfect choice for that. Um, with that uh, subtle sense of humor and stuff like that, you know, and obviously Pena, you know, as a supporting character really helps make it as well. But yeah, it, to me, it's like almost like how Guardians was when Guardians first came out. We weren't ready for that type of humor in a um, in a comic book film because it's all business. You know, what I mean, it's all action, Iron Man business. It's all Captain America business. You know, what I mean, and you get these properties where they're a little bit different. They're like Doctor Strange, they're like Guardians of the Galaxy, they're Ant-Man, you know what I mean? It's a little bit different, you're, which you're I like. Balls. I like those properties because they don't follow, yeah, they don't follow the same beat. You know, yeah, that's that, That's why I think like these, that's why I think these, in the, in the landscape of like tons of comic movies we get right now, I think that's why properties like those are, are really neat. We need like some kind of off-kilter things like that. And despite, despite the fact that it doesn't perform, there, there's actually a lot of speculation that uh, there was there's actually a lot of speculation that there wasn't going to be an Ant Man three at all. There was going to be a Disney Plus show, but I think that that's very quickly been debunked. So, uh, thank 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 God because I do like these I like these characters. I like Peyton Reed as director. I'm very curious to see where Ant Man three goes. Uh, so n- moving on to the next story, we have 
Uh, this is an interesting one. Shane Tatum has actually lined up his next project. It's it's crazy to think he hasn't made a movie in two years. Are we getting Magic Mike three or Jupiter Ascending two? Uh, which one would you rather have, Magic Mike three? Oof, Magic Mike three. You know what? I'd say Magic Mike three. I've never seen Jupiter Ascending. I know. Oh, really, we need. To, we would. On that. We might need to talk about that one day because Jupiter Ascending is fucking ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I do. I really do want to watch it though. Yeah. I know Bibbs is really uh, sold on that. Well, Bibbs also sold on a lot of bad films, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, but yeah, it's crazy <laughs> to think that like 2017 with Logan Lucky and Kingsman: The Golden Circle. That was the last time we saw Channing Tatum on the big screen, which I think is a crime because that guy is actually Jeez, like a legitimately great crazy. actor. Uh, so, but he, yeah, he. I mean, yeah. He lined up his next project is called the soundtrack soundtrack of silence, in which he plays a man who is going deaf, but who tries to memorize all his favorite songs in order to try and preserve his his memory his favorite memories. Uh, no, uh, okay. it, <laughs> I know this sounds like a lot a lot like a reverse version of the movie he did, The Vow, with Rachel McAdams, where she forgot a lot of memories and had to remember, <laughs> had to you know remember that oh shit I do love Jane Tatum. Um, uh, and the reason is because I believe he's he's reteaming with the same writer as as The Vow. Oh boy, oh boy. Memories they, they they enjoy about memories. Yeah, but reg- regardless, uh, you hear this premise: you chain Tatum attached to. Uh, return to the big screen as this w- that that and star in this project. What do you what do you what do you think about that, Russell? I like it, and like how you said, it's a different idea. I I, I enjoy that. I like that whole idea where he has to try to like listen to the music to try to get those memories and to remember what you know his his favorite songs sound like. I like that. No, yeah, I I agree. I think it sound, I think it sounds like it could be really cool, or and it could be like really interesting. And plus, any any chance for Tatum to showcase how fantastic an actor he is because he really is and for the longest time i did not give the guy the credit he deserved i think 21 jump street in those movies really kind of helped break him out too 21 jump street he's really i mean he's uh, really good in the first magic mike yeah first magic mike was good i mean i think he's very talented i i love the first step up um yeah so yeah, uh, no one was gonna release. But if I had to guess, probably sometime like twenty, like late twenty twenty, early twenty twenty one. Now, now that he can finally get off a of gambit, thank Christ, <laughs> he, can, yeah. he can finally do real movies again. Uh, Absolutely. So yeah, moving on to our next story. Speaking of someone else who's gonna get back on the big screen, well, not actually take it back. She's not getting back on the big screen. She's getting back on screen. Sandra Bullock. Sandra Bullock is also lined up her next project. Uh, Unforgiven. No, it is not a remake of the Clint Eastwood film. Uh, this movie is going to be about a woman who uh, she's getting released from jail and she's kind of she, she's getting released from jail from a heinous crime. We don't exactly know what she did yet, uh, but we she gets released and we find out that she is she's really kind of getting rejected by society who just refuses to forgive her and then only sees it for her past mistakes. Uh, this movie is uh, sadly in the tradition of Bird Box going straight to Netflix. Oh boy, she's she's really having a uh, a niche, yeah, right for uh, Netflix here, I guess, huh? But it is being written and possibly oh, directed by Christopher McQuarrie, who did do uh, he did Jack Reacher, he did uh, the last two Mission Impossible. I think the dude's really talented. Oh, Academy Award winning screenwriter for Usual Suspects. Uh, but you hear this premise here, Sandra Bullock. Uh, does this excite? Does this excite you? Does this entice you to keep your Netflix membership? <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. No. Um, I mean, I don't think so. Um, I still never even saw Bird Box. It was one of those ones where the 
it was talked about so much. I still don't even know what it's even really about. I'm, but yeah, I just I, I'm when sad. I came out on Netflix. I'm sad I never got to watch Bird Box. Neither. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I still could, but I don't think it's going to be as powerful as it was when it was like at its height. No, when it was at its height, like nobody ever talks about. Hey, remember Bird Box? I think it was like everybody was just stirred in that that craziness of when it first came out. I remember it was like everybody talked about it. Um, and now we just don't hear about it anymore. And now it's like, yeah, I don't even really care about it. Well, yeah, I, it's sad. I, I still want to watch it just because out of, curios- out of curiosity. Oh, absolutely. But I just kind of said that, you know, she hasn't really made a big, um, you know, theatrical release since even, I would even say oceans eight. And I really even wouldn't call that a big theatrical release. Um, Really hasn't been in anything big since, like, did Gravity. She, did you have a movie this year? She didn't have a movie this year, did she? No. Like like I said, the last one I, th- I think she had theatrical was Ocean's oh, 8, it? and before that was Gra- Gravity. No, she had she had uh, Our Brand is Crisis, which was 2015, but I get your point. Uh, yeah, she's kind of been under the radar since her Oscar win, which is strange. She has. Because, you know, she's that's someone when who you're could supp- totally... Supposed to be... Yeah, yeah, that's when you're supposed to be, like, a big. That's when you're supposed to oversaturate. Exactly. Get get her get her in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, hey, listen, it, it's going to come to a time where everybody's going to be in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Oh yeah. Uh, but regardless, yeah. So, uh, Unforgiven Netflix, be on the lookouts. Uh, next piece of news we're talking about is uh, you know let's talk about this right now. Terminator Six or Terminator Dark Fate is known by most people. Uh, bombed hard, bombed hard. Overseas, only gross like, I'll say like twenty six million opening weekend in the U.S., which is still not for number one, but that's like limping. And I think it opened like a hundred and twenty something million overseas. And uh, Russell, you want to know the budget of this film? I was probably pretty big, I would imagine. I was shocked at the bu- I was shocked when I saw the budget for this movie. Budget for this film comes in at an astounding hundred and eighty five to hundred ninety six million dollars. Jesus Lord! Wow. Yeah, it's, which is fucking. Nuts. I'm pretty sure the first term. I'm pretty sure Terminator Two was might have been the most expensive film made at the time. I'm, yeah, that had, that had a budget of 100 million. <laughs> that's that's ballsy on like what the sixth movie in the franchise. Yeah, well, technically the, the sixth movie, only third the only third to count. But okay, I think it's we haven't we haven't done our review yet. But I think it's safe to say we didn't like Terminator. We didn't like Terminator Dark Fate very much. No, I mean, I think it could have been a lot better, but like how we also were talking, um, the action points hit. When when the action's happening, it hits. Um, I just feel like they were really trying to throw a whole lot out at once, like just different things. Uh, but to me, I think it's more serviceable. It's a mid, middle-of-the-road action film. I think it's a lot better than, obviously, Genesis, Salvation, and Rise of the Machines. Not saying a whole lot. But I would put this one in the top six. I would put this one like around three. Yeah, but that's not... It's not, yeah, again, it's not very high praise considering the other two. No. The other range from just forgettable to holy shit, what is going on? Absolutely. But yeah, like I remember, I was I watched. I'm like, okay, okay, it's all right. But the more I think about, the more I think about Terminator Dark Fate, the more I'm just like, yeah, none of this makes any sense. Like this is this is fucking ridiculous. Yeah, and like how we were jo- like, we'll talk about obviously on our um, our YouTube release channel. on uh, Notorious by Chance YouTube channel. Another plug. Um, about the first fifteen minutes of their, their choice with that. Yeah, they do something in this movie that you're either gonna you're either gonna write the movie entirely or you're gonna roll with it. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Again, we'll talk we'll talk more about Terminator Dark Fate later. But 
Uh, yeah. Uh, hopefully, this means we can finally just put this franchise to bed because I'm I'm sick I'm sick of this franchise. I really truly am. I'm just sick of hearing about it. I think this is this this tells us okay. I think we're. I think I think it's 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 overstayed. It's welcome. Uh, the first two are really really great films. I think we can just put it to bed now. Yeah, just um, call it quits. Yeah. Call it quits. Put it to bed. Let let it let it die. Like that's yeah. That's philosophy. Just let this franchise finally just be terminated. Oh, oh I see what you did there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> next next piece you're talking about is uh. Uh, can, I, can I ask you a quick question about Terminator Dark Fate? Sure. Sh- should he have put the sunglasses on? Yes. Okay, absolutely. I was waiting for it, though. Why <laughs> Why even pick them up? You're not going to put them on. <laughs> Dude, seriously, what a tease. Like, it's it's there. It's there. Come on. He's ready to roll. And do, 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 do. And, like, really? Come on. Yeah. Uh, that, was, that was. Again, we'll, we'll talk about it later. Um, We'd have made more. That movie would have made more money if you put those glasses on. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> next thing we're talking about is uh, or not, not next thing we're talking about. Uh, Spider Verse Two has gotten a release. It'll be coming out, I believe, April fourth, twenty 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 two. Okay, Some, something like that. But either way, yeah, we we are we have a date for Spider Verse Two, which I understand why it's so far in the future because you need that kind of time to do this kind of animation. The t- animation takes forever. I mean, it shows it's beautiful. April eighth, twenty twenty two. I'm sorry. Uh, not only that, but uh, we are getting Japanese Spider-Man in this movie. Uh-oh. Hooray. Spider-Man. Uh, but, uh, so, yeah, you and I are both massive, massive fans of Spider-Man and the Spider-Verse. I love, I love that movie. I think it's fantastic. Uh, only, oh, only downside is none of the creative team are coming back for it. Like, the original, the original directors, Peter Ramsey, Bob Parachetti, and Rodney Rothman, are not coming back. But... Instead, we are getting uh, Joaquin Dos Santos. Yeah, well, jo- Joaquin, Joaquin Dos Santos. That, may not, that name may not sound familiar, but he's worked on a lot of great animated shows like Just League Unlimited, Avatar The Last Airbender, Voltron Legendary Defender. This dude's been around the block as far as TV animation, though. This will be his first foray into feature films. Uh, but, uh, Russell, you excited for Spider-Verse 2? Oh, absolutely. And I, I like the idea they're taking their time. They're not trying to uh, rush it out. Um, they know they have a hit on their hands here, and they want to take their time with it. I don't blame them. Um, yeah, the first one was just so revolutionary in animation. I really enjoyed it. It was definitely a surprise. I didn't think I was going to like it as much as I did. Um, I think it was one of the best animated films of the year. Oh, agreed. Um, the best animated and, film of the yeah, year. Yeah, super looking forward to this one for sure. 100%. I think, it's, I think it sounds great. I cannot wait to dive back into the Spider-Verse. Uh, next, next thing we're talking about right now is uh, Fantastic Beasts. Yeah, those movies are still a thing. <laughs> the third Fantastic Beasts film now has a release date of LB release in the year 2021. And uh, in other big news, oh, David Yates is coming back, sadly. But, but, uh, it was announced that it, that this series will have a new screenwriter, at least this one will have a new screenwriter, in the form of David Cloves, which may not sound familiar to you but uh he wrote and directed the fabulous baker boys which is a really good movie and he was a writer on almost all of the original harry potter films so okay yeah so he's someone who's been in <laughs> who's been in with the franchise at the beginning and i think this was kind of a mood to be like okay jk jk's fucking this up she can't write let's get some let's get someone who can has already been dealt <laughs> has already dealt with the universe before so yeah 
Russell, I think you you still haven't seen the second Fantastic Beast film, have you? This would be correct. Um, it's it's funny how you just constantly you just you just know me here. I just I I haven't. I have not seen it. I don't blame um, you. Talked about what's that? I don't blame you. I, I, yeah, it's one of those ones, man. The first one was kind of lackluster for me. I felt like it was kind of boring. I felt like this was just another way to cash into the you know wonderful world of you know Harry Potter, which I get. I understand the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. I should say the wonderful um, world of Harry Potter. I, I get it. I understand it. It's a cash grab. Um, but to me, I just felt like the the story was just kind of bland. I thought the characters were okay, well, but the story was just kind of bland. I will say I'm, the the first boring. The, the, the the next one is more exciting for sure. It's not as boring, but okay. It sacrifice it sacrifices boredom. It, it, and in that regard, it also sacrifices just any coherence whatsoever. Okay. Like it's 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 not as boring, but it's also way dumber and makes well, then I, less sense. Uh, well, I mean, I'm gonna check it out. I, I have to check it out before the third no, you one do. comes you, out. You but I also do. heard that like people were in uprise about uh, death coming back. Well, yeah, a big deal. The whole Am- the whole Amber Heard. Well, they, people have been up up on depth for. A long time since before the second it, one even came out. I've never seen a career crash as much as his, like in recently. But you know, obviously Kevin Spacey. Yeah, well, but Spacey, that's a different reason. But, it, but his career is still going though. That's the thing. Like his career hasn't crashed. They, they haven't. They haven't pulled the thing. And they haven't like totally recast him. But like that whole that whole Amber Heard situation is just it's just a mess. It really is. Yeah, but but that's not like I said. That whole thing. I mean, he's not even in like. I mean, he's he used to be in a lot of films. Like I feel like he has. He doesn't really work that much. Well, if yeah, he works, the, it's like kind of an under-the-rug uh, under type of film. He it, used to be, you know, you used to have blockbusters galore. They, you know, canned him from Pirates of the Caribbean, and, like, it's crazy. His two, Yeah, his Tupac movie got, it got shelved in the U.S., although it did get released overseas, which I find odd. Yeah. Which would suck, which sucks. I was looking forward to that movie quite a bit. But regardless, uh, yeah, Johnny Depp is still part of this franchise. This one is set to take place in Brazil, because why not? Sure. At this point, you may as well just make the whole movie a Wizard Carnival celebration. I, I'd, I'd watch yeah. that. I would watch that movie. Yeah. Sure. Uh, so, yeah, uh, Fantastic Beasts 3, if you're still a fan of this franchise, which is very few of you. I'm not, not going to say no one's asked for this movie because this movie, this franchise does still have fans. Hell, I'm under the roof of a guy who is a fan of this franchise. But uh, regardless, we are getting Fantastic <laughs> For the rest of us, we're getting Fantastic Beasts 3. Hopefully, JK doesn't destroy this lore anymore. Hopefully. And hopefully possible. you guys will still be interested by the year 2021. By the year 2021, or, and like I said, WB is still insisting on they're making five of these movies, which I'm just like, okay, if you're going to do that, the third one better be great, or else... It has, it, it has to be a success. I think this is the breaking point here. This makes or breaks whether or not they make the last two. Yeah, if, 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 this, one, if, this, one, if this one flops, cut your losses, move it's on. The, it's done, yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, next year we're talking. What? Not, why are you saying trailer? Next thing we're talking about is uh, the Batman's. The Batman's cast is continuing to get more stacked, as we may have found our Alfred and our Penguin, and maybe our Two Face. But we'll, we'll get to that one in a second. So uh, it was revealed that uh, it looks like uh, Colin Farrell might be in talks to play Oswald Cobblepot, aka the Penguin, and Andy Bullseye. Circus Bullseye. <laughs> <laughs> Whack, whack, whack. <laughs> <Bullseye>. <laughs> I, have, I hit my target. <laughs> I got you, Batman. I never I never miss. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, we have uh, our Penguin in the form of Colin Farrell and our Alfred in the form of Andy Serkis, which a lot of people said he should have played the Penguin, but regardless, I think he, <laughs> he'd be he'd be a very different kind of Alfred. Like, we have, like we had our, 
you know, like British gentleman Alfred, a very proper Alfred. This one's like a rugged, like back alley, sell you, sell you drugs, <laughs> sell, sell drugs to more, kids in his off time, Alfred. This would be more precious Alfred. More what? Precious Alfred. Oh, okay, yeah, I get, I get what you're saying, but. <laughs> yeah, uh, there's there's also a rumor that Matthew McConaughey might be. Or, I'm sorry, Professor Matthew McConaughey might be playing Two Face or Harvey Dent, not Two Face. All right, which, all right. All right. Uh, I'm not putting as much as much weight behind that one because I don't see it as many places. But let's let let's let's just say it is true right now. Would you would you buy Matthew McConaughey as Two Face? I mean, I would. I mean. Uh, Listen, okay, remember the Texas Chainsaw Massacre? I think, was that the one that we reviewed? That was the one we reviewed, yeah. I mean, he was kind of maniacal in that film. Uh, I think, you know, we, we, we've seen different sides of him. Obviously, like Beach Bomb, and obviously, how can we forget the uh, the year's biggest hit there? Oh, uh, Serenity. Um, oh. but, but what I'm saying is, like, we, we've seen different sides of McConaughey. McConaughey could do, I mean, he could do this. And and I and I still like him. We have that. Maybe we, maybe does this begin another reconnaissance? Uh, McConaughey starts again. It is. I mean, just when you thought it was safe, when it wasn't safe, man. It's 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 back. He's back. Not to mention he has already played. He has already played a lawyer twice now. Lincoln lawyer and uh, what? Time to kill. Time to kill. Yep. So yeah, uh, playing a lawyer is not out of, uh, not out of his range. So. I, I would be interested in Matthew McConaughey playing Two-Face, not going to lie. But uh, regardless, going to the more more likely ones, uh, Colin Farrell as Penguin and Andy Serkis as Alfred. And uh, for the reference, I'm sure everybody got that was Daredevil with our bullseye yeah, yeah. impression there. In, in, in case um, you didn't get it. Uh, first of all, sure. let, the record, let the record show, Colin Farrell actually had like 100 to 1 odds of actually being Batman. And like he, Which, he, he, had two, he, has, 200 to, he has 200 to 1 odds of being the next James Bond. I was I was on board. I remember, I, I, and I'll tell you what, who I was on board with um, when they were talking about it. And you'll remember this one. This was like around 2004. Um, was Clive Owen. I thought Clive Owen would have been a perfect Bond. Clive Owen would have been a good Bond. But uh, this was at the height of his, yeah, his this career. This was at the height of his career. Like we're, t- we're, we're talking closer. Um, we're talking like, you know, uh, children. Children's a little bit. Children's a little I think, but, but Casino Royale. I'm trying to think. Casino Royale had already come out, hadn't it? In two thousand four, no, no, Children of Men, no, no, that was, uh, okay. yeah, oh, Casino Children Royale, was, Casino Royale had already come out. Casino Royale, I, I forgot what you were saying. Yeah, Casino Royale had already Casino come out was, by oh uh, five, yeah. right? Yes. Okay. Oh yeah. So Children of Men had come out a couple years later. Uh yeah. Or did Children no, it, of Men it was the next out? year. It was the next year. Okay. Okay. But what I'm saying is, this is when he was big. This was like he was really big. He was making like not this like you know side characters in you know. And, and uh, oh, what the hell? The one, Will Smith with Gemini Man. You know what I mean? So, um, to yeah. me, it's like, I don't know. I, and Colin Farrell, again, would have been, this was bad. You're talking, this is a while ago? No, like he, no, he, he has, he had 100 to 1 odds being cast before Patton's, before Patton's and signed on. There's no way. He's just, he's too old. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like there's no way. I feel like, no. I feel like it's being no. a little too generous. And as of, as of right now, he has 200 to 1 odds of being the next James Bond. He, again, too old. I mean, we well, were already shying away from. Let the mean, record show. Uh, he also he ha- apparently had the same odds of James Corden and Conor McGregor as being the next Bond. And uh, yeah, okay. So yeah, d- d- okay. dump dump bet at that shit website. But either way, uh, Colin Farrell as Penguin. I feel like that's a very, it's a very different choice. I like it. I mean, who, I mean, do we really think Joaquin Phoenix and the Joker would mix mix well? So I mean. 
I, I'm good with it. I, I, I like Colin Farrell as an actor. I'm really glad he's getting a lot more um, recognition. I'm, I liked him, obviously, in the early days when he came. You know, he was coming out with, like, The Recruit, Alexander, uh, Phone Booth, uh, you know, other films like that. I thought he was he was, he was was good in that. And then he kind of just disappeared, you know, Miami oh, Vice. Phone Booth gets a bad rep. I like that movie. Which 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 one's that? Phone booth. Phone, phone booth. booth's terrific, terrific. I like, I like phone booth. Yeah, and SWAT was one of those uh, cheesy two thousand uh, action films which I really enjoyed. Um, the recruit, Alexander. Recruit. I I really liked the recruit. Uh, I really enjoyed that film, Guilty Pleasure. Um, and I liked Alexander. I thought you know, I mean, it was a little bit long, but um, you know, I, I kind of enjoyed where you know uh, Farrell was going with his career. But, uh, yeah, I like him as an actor. I really do. I'm kind of glad. I hope this is kind of like a uh, maybe a feral sons, you know? Maybe. maybe. And we got <laughs> Dumbo. The... We got The Gentleman next year. Yeah. So he's really coming back out, which I like, because before that, even in Bruges, he was good in. Um, I mean, well, he's I'll, a good I mean, actor. For, for, yeah, for a while, like, he, he get a reputation of, like, having, like, the worst career. Cause like, well, yeah, because he was gone. Yeah, was no, gone. It, 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 it was a yeah. time where just like any Colin Farrell movie is the worst Colin Farrell movie. I still think, um, oh, what the hell was the one that Yorgos Lathamos did with him? The Killing of a Sacred Deer. Oh, yeah. Which was so different. I, I still haven't seen The Lobster. I need to see that. The Lobster's great. Um, that's what I hear. That, the Killing of a Sacred Deer, I was so excited about when I saw the trailer. I watched it. I'm just like, huh. he's a very different director. I'm going to give him that. All right. Well, either way, uh, yeah, we'll we'll keep working on whether these are confirmed. But yeah, if they if these two do sign on, I think this cash I'm is on board. shaping I like up really it. nicely. I do like it also. Absolutely. Uh, and uh, last piece we were talking about, James Dean has been cast in an upcoming Vietnam War movie. Yes, you heard that correctly. <laughs> um, yes, long dead actor James Dean is apparently going to be in a brand new movie, Finding Jack, via CGI and motion capture. So. Uh, <laughs> this has been a, a very interesting topic to talk about on the internet nowadays, just because I've, yeah. the the ethics of this are fascinating. It's just because, yeah. like, I mean, you look at acting. It's so much of, like, a personal interpretation. And, yeah. just, and just, like, you know, so much of the actor's choices are brought into their performance. Here, James, James Dean, James doesn't have that choice. He does no. not have a choice of how he's being portrayed. In this movie, he's pre, he's gonna, yeah, good. It's pre, it's predetermined how he's going to be. He can't he, that that you lose the whole entire realness of acting. You know the beauty of acting because, like, how many how many times have we seen in movies where like there were ad lib scenes that turn out to be like like one of the most like uh, you know shining moments in film history. You know what I mean? It was just like little things that the you know actor or actress did ad libbed it, and it turned out to be so iconic. You know what I mean? He's not going to be able to do this because he's dead. Like it takes the whole entire, you know, it takes that whole entire uh, gambit out, off the table. Yeah, I'm, I'm very curious if the if the estate signed on to this, or signed or signed off on this, because I I don't know because like I'm I, I keep finding conflicting, conflicting information because like I hear like some things like his estate signed off, otherwise the studio owns his likeness, which doesn't. Okay, here we go. Uh, the kind of used his fourth movies as a movie that he never got to make. We do not intend to film. Okay, so yeah. Uh, so his, his estate did sign off on this. Oh, okay. Uh, but still, I think I think you get into a very tricky territory just because, I mean, well, one, there are plenty of working actors who are, who because of this will not, 
lose out on an opportunity in a job. Like think 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 about like in the future. If if we continue down this path, we could be looking at a future where up and coming actors are struggling against both established stars and resurrected yeah. people who are making movies again now. And that should and that's not fair to them because, you know, they're they're putting their time into something somebody who's already put their time in, had a successful career and have gone just because of the fact that, yeah, so they're they're double against the wall. They're you know, time it's hard enough to break in, and then you're going to break in against somebody who's already broken in, but re- you know, resurrecting. That's kind of yeah, it's kind of weird. Uh, I'm, I was actually going to say that when you, when you were bringing it up, what does this, what does this, uh, what kind of, what does this set moving forward in the Hollywood game? Yeah, it's it's an odd precedent. If if they go forward, yeah. it's, it's an odd precedent. Now look, it's not like Absolutely. we're not strangers to like doing to doing this. I mean, we did see what they did with Rogue One. Uh, but th- here's the difference, though. Uh, Tarkin, yeah. Okay, Tar- Tarkin is that's a character in that universe. That's in a character in that universe. Now it's kind of like a testing ground for that kind of technology. So I'm not yeah. as mad with that one because, no. like, he was only in the scene for like what two or three, two or three scenes. So, and he was being like Tarkin. It wasn't trying to be. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was. Yeah. Yeah. So he's getting a performance as Peter Cushing. It's not really like a Peter Cushing performance. Like he, the actor. Yeah. It's not. It's not like a dude was credited. It's not like Peter Cushing was credited in this movie. No, it was another actor playing Peter Cushing character. They just made him look like Peter yeah. Cushing. The thing with Leia, yeah. though, at the time of making that, Carrie Fisher was still alive, so she she was able to kind of yeah. like control how she's portrayed in that movie. And again, the actor, the actress who did the mo- the who got her face altered, was not credited as Carrie Fisher. This is this is this is James Dean will be starring in this movie. So I think it's odd. I think it's a weird move. I think a lot, a lot of people do not like it, and I understand why, because it is it, it, it is fucking it is crazy. Weird. It is. It's weird. I mean, I don't know, like just how we just were talking about. It. What does this tell? You know, what does this set for precedent moving forward in Hollywood? You know, does this does this? You know, you know, it's all about the monkey see monkey do type thing. So it's like, does this does this start the ball rolling down the hill? Does this start other things from happening? You know, start happening? Are they going to resurrect other, you know, other uh, famous actors and actresses? Do we get like a Brando? Do we get like you know what I mean? A Humphrey Bogart or Cagney or yeah, Jimmy Stewart or you know other? Do we get Chris Farley back? Yeah, do we get Farley? Do we get John Candy back? Do we get these other actors and actresses to re you know you know revitalize themselves? You know, do we get like? I mean, yeah. I, I think like it's. I think the thing where, like, in my opinion, in my opinion, I don't think it's a smart move. I think this is getting into. Like, I don't either. Yeah, I, I think that it's better to just let. If you want a James Dean type character, bring in someone else and have them act like James Dean. Yeah, because you're gonna you're gonna lose the authenticity of film, and I don't want them to jeopardize authenticity of film. Like like like, like, like a, good, a good example of this. I saw the Wu Tang Clan in concert last Saturday. Oh yeah. Okay. And. Rather than you know bringing out like an old dirty bastard hologram pulling a Tupac, they brought out his son and he did all of his parts. Yeah. He, and he was really good. He had okay. he had a great energy to him. He really embodied uh, the kind yeah. of rapper his father was. So I think that's yeah. I think that's the way to go with things like this. So yeah, because you celebrate a memory, you're celebrating a life with. Uh, with their life, with their you know their you know their kin, you know what I mean. I like that. I, I'd rather have that than this impersonal like we're just going to computerize you know digitally impose him. You know what I mean? Like I said, it loses the authenticity of film. And if it, if they sacrifice that, I mean, I just can't be on board with it. Yeah. So it's it's going to be interesting to see where this where this goes forward. But yeah, James will be on the lookout for Finding Jack, starring the long dead James Dean. 
I'll tell you what, who had been really good if he was still alive. Luke Perry, I think, would have made a good oh, James Dean. Oh, Luke Perry would have been so great. See, and I, I'm, I, I was thinking, like, because I'm thinking of his bad boy days at 90210, Dylan McKay. I think it would have been perfect because he, he embodied that uh, James Dean-esque character. Obviously, that's, I mean, that's who I thought he was, like, when you've seen him in the earlier uh, earlier seasons of uh, 90210. God, I think he would have been perfect. God, yeah. I miss Luke Perry. Yeah, he'd have been really good. I think he would have really, I think he'd have been a perfect choice for that. True, but uh, here we are. But either way, uh, we now have we now come to our review. Uh, like we said, this, like we said, top of the show, this was horror comedies. Which uh, what did we have? We had Tuck and Del vs. Evil. We had Gremlins. Gremlins. Um, we had uh, Evil other Dead, films Evil with Dead no two. votes. Evil uh, Dead Two. Evil Dead Two was the only one with no votes, which, which upset me because that was probably my favorite film of the entire yeah. bunch. I thought, I, I, and I thought we would get a better turnout. We didn't get a lot of votes like we normally do, and that's well, okay. We're I also get it. We're, we're getting back into the swing, so give it time. Yeah, that's true too. It, it, I think the next couple ones we're really going to start hitting it once we get the Disney and the twenty fifth anniversary. What we do, what we do in the chat, what we do in the chat with the last yeah. one. But regardless, I we we got what we got little chapel horrors and yeah, because this movie is actually a really interesting one to talk about. So, a little backstory on this movie. Uh, so this movie is actually it's actually a remake. A lot of people don't know that this is based on a nineteen sixty film directed by Roger Corman, which was also a horror comedy. And actually featured a very early on-screen appearance from one Mr. Jack Nicholson. How about that? Yeah. So that movie was made. Then it was made into an off-Broadway musical. And then it was made into another musical. And the music for this was actually done by Alan Menken. Who this, um, this may or may not have been his first movie, but either way, he would go on to... He would go on to write a lot of, a lot of Disney's repertoire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so uh, this is kind of his, his breakout. It was also directed by famous, famous Muppeteer... Frank Oz, not his directorial debut, but his first one to not be like Muppet based, because the last one was, uh, last movie before this was Muppet Tape, Muppet Tape Manhattan, which is really great. But yeah, this is his first one outside of Mupp- outside of Muppets. But either way, uh, we start this movie, and <laughs> of course, uh, what every sci-fi film had to have at the time, a Star Wars type text scroll. Oh, obviously, obviously, that's the obvious. <laughs> when we get our opening number, Little Shop of Horrors, directed by our kind of narrators the Ronettes who was pretty much comprised of the future of black entertainment television <laughs> not even yeah kidding. really I mean you yeah, got uh, what was it T- Tisha Campbell yeah well no uh, yeah yeah Tisha, Cam- Tisha Campbell when Tisha she was Campbell. Tisha Campbell yeah. she she was Tisha Campbell at the time she's now Tisha Campbell Martin uh we also who, who was of course on Martin and you also have uh Tanisha Arnold who would go on to star as Rochelle and everybody hates Chris but yeah these guys are basically I mean, I want to say Hercules ripped them off by stealing this idea for Hercules, but Alan Menken did those songs also. So, is it really stealing if you're stealing from yourself? I mean, yeah, it's yeah, it's it's really not. Yeah, they, yeah, they really <laughs> they they really they really set the they really set the stage for what we're about to see. It's like even pointing all the characters like something's gonna get you, which, <laughs> uh, which kind of goes against which kind of goes forward against the ending, which we'll talk about later. But uh, yeah. We then meet our main character, Seymour Crowborn, played by the man Hollywood misses, Rick Moranis. God, I miss this man. Yeah, really talented in a minute. I mean, this was literally right after Ghostbusters, man. This is yeah. uh, it's crazy that in the 80s he blew up, man. He blew up. He was in so many big things. Yeah, he had uh, Ghostbusters, this, Bob and Doug McKenzie. He, can't remember their name. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Honey, he was kids. in uh, My Blue Heaven with Steve Martin. Yeah, for sure. But uh, 
Yeah, he was he was big, man. Yeah, we see that Seymour that Seymour lives in a little apartment below a flower shop, run by his boss, Mister Mushnick, played by. Can't remember the guy. Who, I can't remember the guy who played him, but he's really good in the movie. I'll tell you who he plays. A little fun fact for our audience: He, have you ever seen the movie The Super with uh, Joe Pesci? I didn't. Oh, what? Yes, he plays his dad. No shit. Yeah, that's his dad. Oh. The, the, the landlord that he like he like tries to. He, they're a family of landlords. Yeah, right. that's his dad in the film. Right. Wow. Okay. That's 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 interesting. Okay, but we also we also uh, see our other main character, Audrey. Played by Ellen Green, who I actually found is eh, she's she's kind of a polarizing actress, and honestly, I see why. It's yeah, it's, it's, it's not do singing, which we'll get to later, but it's her talking. I find she that with, El, with, with Ellen Green speaking, you're either okay with it or you're really annoyed by it. I think there's a point where I was annoyed initially, but I realized that this is what we're going to get the whole entire film. But it's a short film; it's only an hour and a half. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it does. You start getting used to it. It, it for. The beginning of it, though, it was super annoying. Yeah, so uh, we find out that this flower shop is, uh, yeah, they're not, they're not they're not doing so well. Uh, yeah, they're not, no business. Business is not booming. Uh, Seymour Seymour keeps breaking all the pots. Uh, they keep having people lo- loiter in front of. Oh, sorry, they have our narrators loiter in front of the stand, and we find out that this is actually pretty much as pretty much as commonplace around here. That's where yep. we get our second musical number, Skid Row. Which is kind of like the anti this place's great song. Yeah, I mean, this basically is telling you what like a like a slummy area that they're in. I mean, you look at I think a great example of this is like remember this remember the opening song from Hairspray, Good Morning Baltimore. Yeah, yeah, the open that was one of the opening scenes. Was the opening song? Yeah, it was the opening song. This is like the, this yeah. is like the anti that we're like Baltimore's so great and I love this town and everyone's great. Hello, hello, yeah. hello. This one and just like no fuck this place. This is like, I, it's a shithole. I need to get out of here. <laughs> yeah. No. Every, yeah. Everything here sucks. Why was I born here? I'm uh, trapped. Yeah. But you, yeah. And I think this does a really good job at illustrating. Like, this is a very different kind of environment for a musical. And I think the song it does is, a really good really job is. illustrating that. It is. And I think that's why I liked it because of the fact it didn't play. Like, you know, we're, we're used to seeing Grease or other, you know, popular musicals like that. Um, this is this completely really turns the musical genre over on its head, really, because this is a lot different. This isn't like a, a traditional-type musical. Yeah, and I think that... I think they do a really good job of illustrating like why this neighborhood is like that in this song, because, like... Yeah. Th- it's, a, it's a lot like why in Contraband Area is a lot of crimes, because like a lot of people are born without any other choice. Yeah. And, yeah, speaking of what we are talking about Ellen Green's talking, but no matter how you feel about Ellen Green's voice... Nearly everyone can agree. Ellen Green can sing. For sure, absolutely. And also, Rip Moran is also a surprisingly good singer. Yeah, I, I think he did a really good job as well. Yeah, and I also love the visual where he's up, where he's up against the fence, and you know, he's like he's talking about like how he wants to get out, and like while he's saying that, people keep climbing up against the fence. Yeah, does a really good job of illustrate, like illustrating like what he's fe- like what he's feeling, and like you know. Really getting to understand like who this character is and like what he wants. I think I think this is a really well done musical number. I I agree. All right, so yeah, we cut yeah we cut back to the shop. Uh, we we cut back we cut back to the shop as we see that uh you know, no business not going business not going well. He's thinking about Mr. Bush is thinking about closing the shop entirely, but Seymour has a plan. <laughs> he he has something that he he thinks will bring more customers into the shop. 
And what is it? It's uh, uh, the Venus flytrap, basically. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's a modified Venus flytrap. It's not a Venus flytrap. It's actually something he can't identify because it's not in any of his books, which should be a giant red flag. Let's just say that right now. For sure. You find a strange plant that you can't identify, just leave, leave it alone. Walk away. Uh, but yeah, he's saying, <laughs> I do love the way it's seen play that. I just like, you think putting the strange plant in the window will bring in people? And then in, in comes uh, in comes the customer, played by Christopher, <laughs> played by Christopher Guest, of all people. Yeah, <laughs> just like, I just love the way he looks. It's like, excuse me, I can't help but notice the strangest thing put in the window. <laughs> Where did you yeah, get it? Yeah, I love it. it. It's like, yeah, the minute, yeah, the minute he puts it out, it's like this big, like this, like uh, big money maker now for this for these guys. It's hilarious. Yeah. So anyway, we get the whole story of Asimov found this plant. Apparently, he was he was walk he was walking around one day. Uh, he was walking around one day. He goes once this one place where he finds where he finds his strangest thing plants, and then a solar eclipse happened. And then when he turned, and when he turned around, this plant was on the this plant was on like his the 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 Asian man's uh, stand. So he, yeah, the red beam red beam just happened to beat down on that area. Yeah, <laughs> so he sees it, didn't recognize it, but he's just like, can I have it? Sure, buck fifty. I love how he's so will. I love how this, this guy is so willing to sell a plant that he that only just now appeared in front of him. Yeah, he has no idea what the hell this thing is. Uh, well, way to take responsibility. So, so any anything bad that happens from now on, it's that Chinese man's fault. Yeah. So he's just like, okay. <laughs> the guy was like, okay, what a story, Mark. And then he walks on, just like, you know, while I'm here, let me buy fifty dollars worth of roses. Which, by the way, how many how many roses can fifty dollars buy? Because uh, well, is that good? Back then, man. Back then, man. I, like fifty dollars would even buy you like a dozen around. Uh, Valentine's Day now. Really? Yeah, but roses roses during during obviously the inflation during Valentine's Day. If you get roses I think on their own, I think eh, you can get probably a dozen of roses for like it's been a while I imagine since like I've... 15, 15, 20 bucks. Yeah, so I, mean, I wonder how many I wonder how many fifty you can buy. But either well and, and it, it is well at least them that came out it was eighty six, so we don't we don't know what decade it they actually were, is. They had well they obviously were a lot cheaper. Sure. So, but yeah, this this guy has a hard on for roses. <laughs> so yes. just like, oh, I hit I hit the dollar worth of roses. Like, can you break ten for a hundred? He's like, oh, uh, no. Okay, I'll buy twice as many. Because, yeah, it's like okay. <laughs> because this dude apparently has no problems. You, I'd be like, you realize these things are going to die eventually, right? Yeah, I'm just like, I'm like, wow, what, what, what do you do where can you, where you can afford to do this? Seriously. Uh, yeah, pa- Papa Xanax and smile. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so uh, the marketing strategy of keep the in- keep the strangest thing planted in the window and people will come actually turns out to be it turns out to work because uh, people people keep coming in and how do we know they have money? They have fancy hats. Yes, that you could, you could learn a lot by a person with their hat. <laughs> I learned a lot. Mom always said you could learn That's a lot about people by the time a hat <laughs> they, by the kind of hat they wear. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. I realized that after I said, it. I was like, "God, it's not like Forrest Gump." Yeah. So, uh, uh, so, so, uh, so Audrey, so Audrey leaves, and Seymour's about to leave too. Actually, he, uh, Mister Mushing's about to take him to dinner, but Audrey, I think she has a date or something like that. Yes, yeah, she, 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 she has a date. Yep. Okay, she has a date. Yep. So Seymour's just like, okay, so we we can still go to dinner, and almost like it's conveniently timed, the plant just decides to, he just falls over. Like, yeah, and Mr. Bush is like, 
you ain't like your ass ain't going nowhere till you fix that. Yeah, so the plant is the plant is dying, and Seymour doesn't know why. Uh, so yeah, we get our we got our next song, which is the why no not not why much it's grow for me. Yeah, which this, this song pretty much teaches us. Well, once again, Rick Moranis can fucking sing. <laughs> Two, yeah. <laughs> uh, this plant is not like a neuro plant. Why? Because it has a taste for blood. Again, giant red flags not popping up anywhere. Yeah, it's this non-traditional. This is you know fertilizer and water does not make this plant grow. That's for sure. Yeah. Little little red flag for sure. A red bloody flag. Yeah, uh, as and yeah, like he 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 punctured himself on a rose and he's like and yeah, the, here the here the plant starts to make kissy noise just like. And so, yeah. as if as if that wasn't red flag enough, every time he tries to seriously, every time he tries to like to poke his finger in, the plant just tries to like tries to like snap at him. Yeah, like uh, like playing Mario Brothers. Yeah, right. <laughs> if I, uh, wait, can can I jump on you or not? Do I need to have the <laughs> Do I need to have the fire flower? Yeah. If I have uh, a star, I can jump on you, right? Right. So either, so either way, uh, he he gives him a few drops of blood, and the plant literally just like grows. Instantly, which yeah. I, I give them props. The pop we'll get to, we'll get to like more later, but the puppetry on this plant is fantastic. I think so too. It it, it makes it look realistic. Um, I mean, yeah, it, it has a cheesiness of your '80s film, but I still think Frank Oz does a good enough job. And I think that's obviously in hand with his experience working, obviously with you know the Muppets. I think it's fantastic. I really do. I think it's really more realistic than. Um, uh, like another film could probably pull off. I think e- e- even with the fact that it's that this is 1986, like it, the effects yeah. still hold up like incredibly well. Yeah, I mean for sure. I, I think this this film does. I mean, you figure what 1986. This movie is almost going to be 35 years old. Yeah, I think it still it still holds up pretty well. Yeah. So uh, we we now see the next day where the plant has gotten a whole lot bigger. As uh, Rick Moranis is, is waiting to, <laughs> he is waiting to go into this radio talk station. Which, by the way, seeing this lineup, I just want to listen to this radio show because we have a nun with oh, us. Yeah. We have a a guy with a ventriloquist dummy nun with a saxophone. A gr- yes, a girl w- who carries on a pipe organ and a guy with a jetpack. And the D and and uh, come on, the, the radio VJ is John Candy. It's perfect. Yeah, uh, we we see we see Rick Moranis stop the plant from catching a sexual harassment case, and then we go in to meet the DJ played by John Candy. Oh, R.I.P. Seriously, this movie and like I, it surprised me with some. I knew the Steve Martin cameo. There's a couple that I didn't know, like Murray and Candy. Um, God, what a what a what a great cameo set, man. Oh yeah, especially like. If you if you want to talk about like making the most of like a small amount of screen time, John Candy right here. Oh, uh, this just showcases what such a great actor he was. Oh, he was. And he, this this cameo is so funny. Like he, like when he makes when he makes it like the uh, when he makes it like <laughs> like uh, Rance, just a guy who's coming in to kill him. Yeah, yeah. Where he goes? Yeah, he had, he puts both microphones. He's like, yeah, he's like making noises, like gun noises or whatever. I like how, like, when he sits down, he, like, tries to treat him like a guest, so he makes, like, these guest noises, like, for that, like, just making, like, I don't know, basically, like, almost, like, like cheap talk show uh, noises, like, you know what I mean? I, I, like, I, I want to see, I want to see this guy spin off. <laughs> I want to see I think, yeah, his day-to-day life. I want to see the rest of his show. Forget Wendy, man. We need a spin off of yeah. John Candy's character. Oh, yeah, forget, yeah, forget Wendy. <laughs> Seriously, Wendy. We who? want John Candy, but uh, so anyway, we 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 cut back to the flower shop where business is continuing to boom. But uh, Audrey's personal life is not; she ain't doing so well. 
because uh, her arm is in, I think, a makeshift sling. <laughs> it looks like almost like pantyhose or like thong like material or something. It's, like, it's super yeah, weird. Yeah, it's really weird. I'm just like, I know Skidder I know Skidder sucks, but could you really not yeah. find a better sling? Like you couldn't find an actual like, ace bandage or something? Come on. Yeah, and this is where we get another famous, famous number from this movie. Uh, Somewhere That's Green, which pretty much Audrey. It's another I Want song. Uh, yeah. Audrey singing about, you know, because she talks to Ron Nesbury, just like, why, why do you let dude treat you like this? And <laughs> just like, like, like who, who, who else can do this? Like, how about, uh, how about the guy who's living like 10 feet below you? What, Seymour? No. <laughs> but, you know, they do, it's not for, it's not for the reason you think. I actually think the reason they do it is the, the way they execute, like, her personal life is done really well. And we'll get into that later. But uh, she sings about how she she wants a simple life. She wants a house. She wants kids. She wants fake backdrops. <laughs> she wants the better home and gardens type stuff. She does. Literally. Uh, but yeah, I think I, I do think this is this is a really it, it's a really touching song. And it does think Can this I? does add a little more depth to the Audrey character. So yeah, we get we get a uh, montage of things but <laughs> Like she's, she's like a family that's really making the Waltons look tough. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's just a dream. She cannot be somewhere that's green. And okay, this, this, I find this to be a weird moment because without a break, without with barely a transition, we go into the next musical number, "Some Fun Now," which I think this is this 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 song's kind of filler. I mean, I do like the song, but it is basically filler. Yeah. Yeah, it's to give the Ronettes something else to sing. But uh, yeah, it's pretty much just saying like, "Oh, things are getting in- things are getting interesting." It's like I don't, I don't know why I don't know why you need to sing I don't know why you need to sing about it, but okay, awesome. Uh, so anyway, we we go and we see that Audrey Two has gotten a whole lot bigger, like person huge, size, yeah. huge. Yeah, seriously. And just like no yeah. red flags though. Yeah, no, no, no red flags. No red flags. Everything's fine. No, this is this is common. A lot of sunlight. We're good. Uh, yeah, and we see that once again. Business is getting even better because everyone wants to see the plant the plant on steroids. That's so crazy. It's it's a funny premise though. Yeah, and I do, and but we it does lead to a really good scene between uh, Audrey and Seymour, where <laughs> like they have to put together a bouquet together, and the two of them actually do have really good chemistry. They do, and you actually kind of buy it because you feel bad for Rick Moranis' character where he's, you can kind of tell he's just kind of like friend zone for, you know what I mean, for the duration of this film. But um, it, it's not really friend zone. We'll get, to, we'll, get to what, we'll get to why it's not in a second, but I, I see your point. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, the two of them, they do have a really good, they have a really good back and forth. Like, they're, 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 they're cute. They're just cute. Yeah. And, and you're, you're rooting for them the entire movie. Oh yeah, you are. But she, ha- but uh, Audrey has a bad boy boyfriend who rides a motorcycle, wears leather jackets, because that's what bad boys do. Although, although the movie is kind of in on that joke. It is so funny though. Yeah, and the thing like, and her boyfriend is played by Steve Martin, and they're playing it yeah, up I like think- he's he's a professional. But like you, you see the way he dresses. Like, what the fuck does this guy do? Turns out he's a dentist. He has the Ar- Arthur Fonzarelli type leather jacket and stuff like that's hilarious though. He does, but Steve Steve Martin is so good in this movie. Perfect in this film. He he's so funny in this movie. He's he's hilarious. And like he became a dentist because he he's a guy who just loves inflicting pain. Yeah. And you really you really see that with his performance. Yeah, you do. 
Yeah, like it's just every every time he's like in every time he's like in a dentist office, he's just like salivating at everything he's doing to all his patients. Like just like the way his 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 physical acting in this scene is on point. There's a scene there's a scene in the middle where like where it's a POV shot from inside somebody's mouth. And oh yeah. That scene that shot alone looks fantastic. Yeah, it was really really well uh well done. Although and if you if you think of like why all these people like why there all these people who were afraid of dentists when they were younger, I think it's all due to, <laughs> to Steve Martin in this movie. Yeah. Yeah, because he's the guy that like literally does not care. He'll inflict pain and you like there's a there's a scene where he doesn't even put Novocaine in somebody's mouth. I think it's absolutely funny. Oh yeah. But it plays on that. It plays on the horrors of everybody going to the dentist. Nobody, everybody dreads going to the dentist, and it's it's just funny. I, I just I enjoy his his cameo in this film. Yeah. So uh, we then cut to <laughs> I I love his entrance in the next scene because he literally just jumps his motorcycle out of nowhere. Oh yeah, it just randomly crashes. Like comes out of the sky, just pops. Yeah, pops it's right like down. I'm like did, did yeah. God did God throw you down here? Where'd you come from? What about when he gets off? Like I like how like it's like a self park motorcycle too when he gets off. Yes, it it just, it, it just parks and props up for him. I'm like, is he's it, just so badass and he thinks he's so cool. Is this the Night Rider motorcycle? What the hell? Oh, it's so funny. Uh, yeah. So uh, we see that. Uh, well, surprise, surprise! This guy is abusing his girlfriend, who is Audrey, <laughs> which we which yeah. kind of already knew. But yeah, just the just the way he just the way that uh, that Audrey. Carries carries herself while uh, they're on screen together. Like it's you, you really do feel a good amount of sympathy for her. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but anyways, they get on the motorcycle, go off for their dates. Uh, he's so hardcore; he doesn't he doesn't even give Audrey a helmet. <laughs> Bless himself. Yeah. Uh, but then the pl- and then the plant falls over because it's dying again. And just when you think things couldn't get any more, you know, red flag. Uh, the plant starts talking. No, no red flags. No red flags. <laughs> Not only does it start talking, it has the voice of Levi Stubbs of the Four Tops. I was gonna say he was a Motown singer. He was, and yeah, this is this is when we get into our next musical number, "Feed Me," which I, I like. I I love his performance in this movie, and it's crazy because a lot of it's just. Behind, the, I, I love this number, and a lot of it because of the performance, and a lot of it because of the puppetry. Uh, the pup, the puppet, as as the plant gets bigger, you think it get worse. No, it only gets better as the plant gets yeah, bigger. Yeah, for sure. It's because like the it's way absolutely it looks more. Be- I mean, it, it, it good. Yeah, it looks it looks so real. I mean, it looks more realistic, you know, as he's getting bigger and bigger. Yeah, I think just like the points of the points of articulation on this thing are crazy. Like it's like its lips move independently of its mouth. Like it, it, they curl the vine, the vines move on their own. They're autonomous. Like it's, it feels like a real killer plant, for sure. Yes. Yeah, so uh, we find out that uh, you know he's like uh, Miranda Seymour about to go get him, about to go get some meat. He's just like got to be blood. It's like oh, okay, it's got to be fresh. I don't like where this is going. Which like go go buy him some. Okay, first of all, no red flags. No red flags. Second of no, all, no. Second Completely of all, normal. you can you, can't you just go buy pig's blood and just like dump it in? Why do you, Seriously, yeah. Why, why do you got to kill? Why do you somebody? have to use yours? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, with with the song though, I feel like leave. I feel like leave myself is a great was a great choice for this role. Absolutely, because, he, he really adds a lot. He really adds a whole lot of 
uh, dimension to this film, and on top of it, a great singing voice on top of it. Yeah, I feel like uh, with, with his performance, with his singing, like he carries, he has a really malevolent, like really powerful presence that, I don't know if you knew this, Russell, but they're actually remaking this movie. Uh, I thought I, I did. I did hear this, and they're looking at uh, Billy Porter, Emmy winner Billy Porter, to fill this role. Which I'm not sure if I'm familiar with the guy. I think he's a great actor. I'm not sure he's a great fit for Audrey too, just because you need someone with a bit more, with someone with a, with a stronger voice to do this. But I, I'm open to it. I'm open to it. But I, yeah, Levi Styles makes it good. I think it's funny how uh, we just talked about the stand, and they're remaking that. I feel like oh, things that we talk about are getting remade. remade. <laughs> waiting, waiting for the Cat in the Hat remake. Uh, Please don't. But yeah, so he's just like you, like you. Uh, he's like a lot of folks deserve to die. He's just like, wait a minute. I, I I love the idea that like Seymour's not just like Albert is missing. He's actually considering it. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. So uh, he's just like I don't I don't know anybody deserves to die. Look, sure you do. And sure enough, right outside, after the what I'm assuming is just the shortest date in life. Uh, they go into the house, and Steve Martin proceeds to beat the shit out of Audrey. And just like, okay, you know what? I'm sold. I'll kill this guy. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, the next day, Seymour goes to the, dent- the dentist's office. He goes to the dentist's office with the sole intent to murder uh, to murder Dr. Orrin Scrivello. But, but not before we get a cool Bill Murray cameo. Which I, I, I enjoy this one, too. Yeah, so... Uh, uh, like we said, uh, Oren is a dentist because he uh, he likes causing pain, and this is a guy who he, this is a guy who can match him because he's someone who enjoys pain being enacted on on him. Yeah, yeah. Like you, you see, Bill Murray, he's just like, is is he done? My next, my next. He's just so excited. He's the only person ever he's been excited. To go, he's ready to roll. Only person ever been excited he's, to go to the dentist. Yeah. He's like he's not even sitting down on the chair. He's like stand. He's like standing on it, but like squatting down on on the chair. He's like ready. He's like gonna. He's ready to like pounce. Yeah, and like this is, yeah. The scene, the scene that the back and forth between the two of these guys is just it's it's hilarious. You're watching two comedic legends just share the screen together. It's incredible. I can only imagine some of the scenes like with like if, if Murray was in the same time as like Steve Martin, uh, like John Candy, Belushi and all those guys just to see all those guys play off one another. I just the the sheer comedic genius of that room. You know what I mean? Yeah. But the two, the two of them, but the two of them by themselves are just great because you have oh for sure. Just, just, the, just the way they just completely counteract each other. Like Murray's got his own. He's got his own cotton. He's got his own like uh, bib for all this. Yeah. Yeah, and so uh, it goes back and forth between inside the room and outside where Seymour's listening. And just the way, like, Bill Murray's selling all this. He's like, oh, yes, thank you. <laughs> it's, it, it, it's, it's, a, it's a hilarious scene. <laughs> and, like, at the end of it, uh, Orange is like, get the hell out of here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, uh, Seymour, Seymour goes in, and, and he's, just, <laughs> he's just like, uh, he's like, I think I need a root canal. And for some reason, this is the only one he breaks out. He has, for some reason, an antique drill. Which I'm, not, I'm not even sure how old this is for it to be antique. How, a, how old can a root canal drill be? This thing's old school because it's like a hand cranker. It looks like, yeah, it's, it's, like, it's, like a fo- it's like a foot crank. I'm just like, I'm not sure dentistry's that yeah. old, but whatever. <laughs> it reminds me like, I, should, I, I keep expecting you to pull the Tom, the Tom Hanks school of dentistry and just get a nice skate. <laughs> Bust out his yeah, kid. I mean, 
yeah, I mean, it worked for Tom Hanks and Castaway. Yeah, he was on a, he was on deserted islands. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's That's, legit. That scene still cracks me up. <laughs> Man, I gotta. It's been so long since I've seen. I need to revisit that movie. That's definitely one I need to revisit. Yeah. So, uh, Seymour Seymour has he has a revolver in his pocket. He was waiting for the right opportunity to shoot him, but right before he gets his like it's like gas rig, this wildly over the top gas rig. It's so hilarious. Though. I love and I love Steve Martin's like cheesy laugh. Yeah, uh, it's he's pumping he's pumping uh, nitrous oxide into himself because you know what if, you, if you're if you're gonna cause pain people why not be high while you do it at the same time? Yes. That's when he's about he's about to cut it and uh, the va- the valve on his tank breaks. And so, just like you know, what I could, I could shoot, I could shoot him, or I could just let him suffocate to death. <laughs> uh, which is eventually what he, which is eventually what he does. He rather than shoot, rather than shoot him, he just lets him just breathe in so much of his gas that he ends up dying. And I, I am very curious how he got this body back to the shop. <laughs> I don't. I, I'm assuming he doesn't have a car. I don't think he'd have a car. No, because he lives at the shop. Why would he have a car? Yeah, so I don't think he has a car. Did, did he take a did he take a cab? Yeah, so, so that cab driver has so many questions. I mean, this is a slummy part of, I guess, New York or whatever. So I think he could probably get away with it, right? That, that's true. That, that's, that's that's actually, I can't argue that. That's actually very true. Yeah, they'd be, they'd be like, oh, well, this is normal. This, this is normal. <laughs> yeah, but you know, we we find out that uh, Audrey Two's a bit of he's a bit of a he's a little prissy. He's just like. Chop it up. Why? Just eat it. Yeah, seriously, you're gonna eat it anyway. It's gonna taste the same whether it's chopped or you eat it whole. Especially for especially for reasons he for things he does later in the film that we'll get to, but completely undermine that. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, he has to chop the body up, but oh no! It's like what what was the worst that could happen besides uh, somebody seeing it? Oh uh, oh, somebody saw it. Mister Mushnick sees. <laughs> yeah. uh, he sees Seymour chopping up Scrivello. And uh, yeah, I love the next scene where like Seymour, he's just so horrified at what he's just done. Yeah, because he's like, I can't believe I've done this. Yeah, because it's not his character. Yeah, and th- okay, and this is the scene where I was talking about where it's, it's the reason that Audrey dates so many like abusive abusive a holes. <laughs> um, it's it's because she feel that's, that's what she feels like she deserves, and yeah. I I applaud this move for like really getting into the mentality of someone who's in an abusive relationship like this. Yeah, I do too. I mean, and, and it, they do it in a manner that is kind of like different than a different approach. You know what I mean? Um, because this movie is like a comedic horror film. You know what I mean? It, it, a musical, and so they do it in a different manner, but it still touches on the the beats of, you know, in a domestic abusive relationship and stuff like that, and not not being afraid to not settle. You know what I mean? I do I do appreciate that as well. Yeah, I think they did a really good job of like illustrating like her mentality and like why yeah. someone like her would end up in a situation like this. Yeah. It's because she just she just doesn't think she that's what she thinks she should have. And yeah. you know, the next song is kind of of kind of, you know, kind of counteracting that. It's like her it's Seymour basically saying like, "Hey, look, I'm I'm right here and I think you're great. So, yeah. why not?" So, let's date. You're great. Let's date. Let, let's date. That's that should be the title of the song. Let's date. You're great. <laughs> Yeah, there you have it. That's all, that's all the that's that's all that's all the convincing you need. But yeah, this is this is a, this is a really great duet. Yeah, I like this one. Uh, so, but anyways, uh oh, right when things are going well, Mister Mushnick confronts Seymour. What? Like, uh oh, 
<laughs> like even, even like Audrey. This is the one time where like I think like the song accompaniment to like an actual scene works really well because it's Audrey. It's Audrey too. Like upstairs, just like he's got your number now. Is like, he, he yeah. he's, he's amping up to Spence, which is funny because yeah, yeah. So uh, Mr. Mushroom is just like I know I know what you did, and you're and you're coming with me. <laughs> I think he's he's holding the gun at him, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He's got him at gunpoint. Just like okay, you know what? But right right as he's about to leave, it's just like, you know what? How about this? I give you a little money, you get out of town, and I keep the plant. Which I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a good offer. It's a good offer. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, he's just like, okay, look, just just tell me how to take care of this thing, and you're free, and you're free to go. You're free to go. You can go. <laughs> um, uh, but what what ends up happening is. He's just like, get, get lots of water, and whatever you do. I'm like, meanwhile, the whole time, I love, I love the way the suspense builds. Because the whole time, like Audrey, like slowly moving, slowly opening up his mouth. Yeah. And like right, and like right when, <laughs> like right when the music's about to crescendo, uh, he, this emotion just falls into the plants, and yeah, Audrey just eats, just eats him whole. Which begs the question: Why did you have him chop up the dentist? Because none, exactly, none of this would have happened if you just... Come, yeah. Yeah, seriously. If you would have just eaten him at, as is, we wouldn't have had the Mushnik uh, confrontation. Yeah, so, Audrey, this, this, this is all your fault. You, you, and the Chinese, he, you and the Chinese man. Or did he do it deliberately because he knew that Mushnik was going to catch him and he got, he got himself an extra body on top of it? This plant is psychic? What the hell? I know, but you know what I'm saying, though. No, I know. how would he have... Because if Mushnik didn't, you know, see him, he wouldn't have confronted him. So the plant would never have ha- would never have had the opportunity to eat him. Also, if you, if you see a giant plant open up with teeth, don't don't lean in. Don't like, surely that, don't. Yeah. At that point, you just deserve everything you get. Yeah, this isn't a photo opportunity. Like, you just get the hell out. Yeah, <laughs> it's like nope. Uh, we we then get a whole montage of Seymour achieving all of this success. Uh, but you know, the, throughout the whole that the whole thing, he just he, you can just see that he feels really empty. Yeah, because he 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 knows what he he knows what he's had to do to get where he is, and like that guilt is kind of just eating at him. Yeah, because it's not it's not success naturally, so to speak. You know what I mean? It's it's based on you know the success of you know with the plant and what he's doing you know to keep the plant afloat and keep it growing and stuff like that it's really wearing on him as a character in a film yeah and the plant is enor- is enormous now yeah he's he is like ginormous like this is the this is where you have to put put it together okay wait a minute normal plants don't grow this size yeah like i granted yeah like this, this is red flag number what 56 yeah this is a lot this is there's a lot of red flags in this film uh, but anyway, so Seymour uh, C- and Audrey just devise a plan. They're going to they're going to run. They're going to you know take the money from the plant and just run away. Just gonna run run away, leave all this behind, and start a new life somewhere else. Uh, but the, but the plant ain't having that shit. <laughs> no. He just yeah he's just like please feed me. It's <laughs> like yeah and like he, he, didn't even, he didn't even try to do the whole beg routine. He's like ah oh, cut the he's like cut the crap bring on the meat. <laughs> some of the lines some of the lines Audrey too had are just. I, I think it is incredible. They are. But anyway, he, he, he tries to leave. He just and Timor just like, okay, you, know, okay, you know what? How about this? I will go down, get you some ground round. It's that or nothing. I'm like, really? You 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 choose now to put your foot down? It's like, dude, you should have done this like 45 minutes ago. You, yeah, minutes ago. you, you, you should have done that six songs ago. It's too late now. Yes. Yeah. 
This is the point of no return. Yeah, uh, you, 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 you got to commit. You got to commit at this point. Uh, but yeah, so in a, in a very very miraculous turn of events, not when I'm miraculous, just bizarre. Uh, Audrey decides to use the phone. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you heard that right. Uh, I'm not sure how this guy's ears work, but whatever. He, he can use the phone, so he, he goes over to the payphone, takes a quarter, bothers to take the quarter out of the register, which hey, at least at least he's considerate. Yeah. Well, you know, but then his the vines are perfectly, uh, perfectly enough to do the rotary phone. It's a it's a good thing you have vines that basically have fingers. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, he call, he calls up Audrey. And he's just he starts singing to her, and that, I love the reaction. We're just like Seymour, is that you? Does that anything like Seymour? <laughs> yeah, seriously, you've been talking to Seymour for how long? That does not sound. <laughs> you know this guy, you know this guy for how many years? Does that anything like the guy? No. Uh, but yeah, he just like he's like, hey, Seymour is me, and then like, he likes like I think literally the lines like is me, and he looks, he looks out the window, and he's and he sees the plans wave, just waving at him like hi. Yeah. So yeah, it's she like, uh, wait, th- this isn't normal. Yeah, so she 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 goes in and like a dumbass decides to follow to find to follow this plant's word, and he's just like, well, it's up it's supper time, and she starts he starts to try and eat Audrey. Which Seymour Seymour wrestles wrestles him away. She's like, okay, you know what? We're almost done. We just gotta we just gotta get away now. Uh, but so we can we continue. We get a short reprise of suddenly Seymour when we get a it's like it's like a marketing executive or a salesman. He's played yeah, by that's Belushi's yeah, played by, played by Jim Belushi. Uh, who he comes in, he, he proposed the idea to actually proposed an idea that was apparently proposed by he what he thought was Seymour, but it was actually the plant. Uh, he's yeah. gonna take some clippings from. He's gonna take some clippings from Audrey too, and mass produce them so we can have him. So every household in America can have one. Which what you can see the the problem in this, and I think yeah, obviously you, you see the issues. Seymour's putting it together. Yeah. So yeah, he goes to confront the plant, and that's where we get the only song from this movie, which is actually not from the original show, "Mean Green Mother" from Outer Space, and this is actually my favorite song <laughs> in the entire movie. It's, this is a funny song. I love this song, which I love the thing. I love the well. First of all, before that, Seymour was like, "This is about world conquest," and the plant is like, "Yeah, no shit. What do you think all this was going to?" <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, this, this is a great song. Levi Levi Styles injects a lot of like real vocal range, a lot of comedy into this. Just because a lot of lines he has to say. <laughs> yeah, and plus he gives he plus he gives Audrey too. You know that uh, personalization through his, you know, through his singing, through his, you know, his, his spoken words and dialect in the film. That's why I like it. Yeah, he, re- yeah, he really does. He, he grows backup singers. He's yeah. he he takes Seymour's gun away from him, gets the infinite ammo cheat because he shoots him like fifty times with a with an revolver that has six bullets. Yes. Uh, but yeah, so uh, they're so yeah, he goes along. He go he goes along. He play, he uh, he tries to pull the building down on Seymour. But somehow, fucking miraculously, Seymour like somehow survives survives a building being brought down on him. Takes a wire, electrocutes Audrey two until he explodes. And there, yeah, and that's no more Audrey two. And no more Audrey two. Uh, we there or is there? Dot dot dot. I was like, <laughs> but wait a minute. Just like the the typical trope of nowadays, like for horror films, gotta yeah. get that, gotta hint that sequel. Gotta hit, yeah, you gotta hit that sequel. <laughs> uh, so we then cut to the wide shot of the same, the same, 
The same fake house from Audrey somewhere that's green song is seen as uh, Seymour and Audrey got married and they're moving into the house. But maybe it's not over because in their garden, somehow we see a little Audrey 2 plant hinting that this isn't over. Except it is because there is no sequel to this film. So it's over. So yeah, no, so (laughs) it actually is over. Yeah. Uh, So yeah, that, that was the end. That was the end of this movie. Uh, but we can't talk about the movie without talking about the original director's cut because the original ending for this movie has practically entered legend. It, it was a lot darker too. It's oh yeah, crazy because that it this is going to yeah. It is crazy how different this ending, the original ending, is. It is literally like night and day. Because when you told me about the director's cut, I was like, well, "What the hell are you talking about?" Yeah, you're like watch watch this original theatrical release. Let me know, and then we'll talk about it, and then I'll let you know what to watch. And then I pulled it up on YouTube, and I'm like, it couldn't be any more different. Yeah, well, because the re- reason is because for a long time, you couldn't find this ending anywhere. It's because like, it-, it didn't get official release. The only way you could watch this ending was to find the black and white work print on YouTube. Uh, yeah, which is what I did. Yeah, so that's, yeah, that's how I saw the ending for the first time, too. But uh, it, is now, it is now available. You can buy the original, the original and director's cut on the same blue right now, which I think is great. Uh, but anyways, it, it, the whole movie plays out a lot of the same way. Audrey calls, or Audrey two calls Audrey, and yeah. uh, you know it's gonna play the same way. Gets gets Audrey in his mouth. Seymour takes her out. Only difference is he doesn't save her this time. She dies. Yeah, yeah, she legit dies, which is crazy. Yeah, uh, not only does she die, she says she says to feed her to the plant. That way, a piece well, of her will always be with him. Will always live in Audrey too, which is so weird. It's like. Well, then, like, you could live and then just live on with him, with Seymour. Like, that's why it was so, it's so twisted. It's it's, it's a darker ending for sure. Yeah, the so, whole idea that she wants to be fed to Audrey, too, so that she will remain forever in this plant. And then he can, Seymour can live with the plant and still live with her. Yeah, so really uh, Seymour does it. He feeds, he feeds her He feeds her to the plant. Uh, he goes to the roof. He's gonna. He's going to kill himself. Like we said, it's a whole lot darker than the original ending. What are you waiting for? What am I waiting for? Uh, remember the, scary movie? <laughs> yes, look, I remember that. What bit. are you waiting for? You're right. <laughs> ah! <laughs> uh, but anyways, so uh, a, a, like 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 in the original ending, or uh, not the original, like like the theatrical ending, a salesman. But this one not played by not Jim Belushi. Be- not, I was gonna say not Belushi. Yep. Approaches him, but this time he already took the clipping from the plant, and he already has a little Audrey too with him. You're just like, yeah. you can do this. You can mass produce and put one in every household in America. And that's when he realized, oh shit, every household in America, this is about world. This is about world takeover. So the same thing. Yeah. Mean Green Mother about it. Mean Green Mother from Outer Space uh, plays, except this time, uh, Seymour has beat the plant. Seymour gets eaten too. Yeah, Seymour's not. Which is. It's 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 crazy that they were you know the director's cut had both of the main leads dying. It's it's yeah, so that's, crazy. It's, it's crazy. Like bo- both so yeah, both our main leads are now dead. Yeah, which I do think is one change for the better though from the the from the from the uh, from the Broadway production uh, in the in the show rather than Audrey two eating Seymour. Uh, Seymour jumps in himself. Like he yeah he literally he grabs a machete and some weed kills. Just like open up, I'm coming in, and he dies anyways. I'm just like that's that seems a little yeah. stupid. But whatever. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Uh, see, so Seymour gets eaten, and it doesn't. It doesn't stop there. The plant allows nope. himself to be sold across the country, and when the when the time is 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 right, they all attack. Which is completely crazy. Like God, this is like Godzilla style havoc through uh, through cities. Really crazy. 
yeah, so yeah, we see the plant taking over, and everyone like they they can't stop these things. And yeah, it pretty much ends up with plants all over the world, plants on top of the Statue of Liberty, and the end. Yeah, and that's that is it. So this this ending was changed. This ending was changed when test screenings, when you know, test audience, when test audiences didn't respond well to this ending. Uh, so Russell, I will I can, ask you which. Yeah, so I'll ask you which ending do you prefer? Theatrical. I mean, theatrical? there's there's no. Uh, I mean, it depends on what type. And, and like, I like that whole idea that I bought this on a standard DVD, so it was just the theatrical. That's why I, I went rummaging through to try to find, you know, just to try to find it because I always like to like have the movies on hand when we watch them. Right. Um, obviously. Um, but I like the theatrical version just because of the fact that it's a happier ending. Right. Um, I get, I, you know, and that's the thing, like, it's almost like a pick and choose how you want your ending. Do you want it to be twisted? Do you want it to be happy? I like that idea. Um, to me, it just makes sense for the character in the story that you have the theatrical release. You're, you're talking about Seymour. You're talking about Audrey. The whole entire buildup is so that they end up together. You know, obviously, you know, Seymour has to defeat Audrey, too, in order to, you know, win, you know, to live happily ever after with Audrey, to live in that better homes and gardens, that beautiful house with a big green yard and kids. Um, that's the way you want it to end. It's so uh, sinister to think of it the other way, man. They both die and like it's mass hysteria uh, throughout the uh, entire city of plants pretty much taking over civilization. It's crazy. Right, but I, here's the thing. I would, ar- I would argue, though, like, the whole, the whole movie is just basically, it's basically like just like a giant B, mus- musical giant B horror movie. Which, it is pretty which much, is yeah. Why I, which is why I like the, the, direct, the original ending better, because, I mean, granted, the whole movie prior to this point is just like a fun, bounce little musical, which, but I would yeah. argue that just makes the original ending more funny. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about the one where the plants run wild. Yeah, where, where, where the where the plants win. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I get it because it's it's making fun of itself anyway. Right. So it doesn't really matter. So them ending it that way, I can see that. I just like the happy ever after thing because right. that's just me. Um, was it funny though? Did, but did you get shades of Ghostbusters there at the end when a little uh, bit? Yeah. is covered in like like at the ending of, little, of little Ghostbusters. Bit. I just, I just, no, just what she plugged for Ghostbusters, I guess. But I just thought of him. He always likes disaster and chaos. He always comes out on it. Yeah, but either, either way, uh, I mean, that, that's our chance of the ending. But what do you think of the, what do you think of the film as a whole, for, as someone who's never seen it before? I enjoyed it. Believe it or not, I told back, like I was skeptical going into it. And I even uh, messaged Jeremy Adams um, and told him I really enjoyed it. He's like, I can't believe you've never seen it. You play trivia and you've never seen it. And I'm like, yeah, I just, I never. It's one of those movies where. It happens to everybody, man. Everybody has, you Everyone know. Everyone has those gaps. I have, I have a ton of movies I don't need to see. It's just the nature of the beast. I mean, when you see so many movies like us, you know, our group of friends and stuff like that, you're gonna, you're not gonna catch everything. Um, and that's a beautiful thing, you know. You can discover new movies. I enjoyed it. I really liked it. Um, like, like I said, it, it reminded me kind of how it played off of, like, obviously the success of Greece in '78, um, almost a decade later. Or like by eight, seven or eight years later, but it's fun because it's it's completely different. It takes that whole musical genre, flips it up on its on its head, and I just I like the fact that it kind of makes fun of itself with having like, it, but but having fun doing it, right? And I enjoy that, and I, and I, that's why I like it. Um, I thought Frank Oz does a great job, you know, directing this film, puppeteering the you know Audrey too. I just I love that. 
Um, it's a fun film. I love the cameos. I love, you know, Steve Martin, I think, was probably the, the shining light in this one. Not to take away from Candy or Bill Murray. Jim Belushi put him in there, too. Why not? Um, I just, I enjoyed it. It's, it's, it you, the, 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 the chemistry between Seymour and, uh, you know, Audrey, you get it. You, you feel it. Uh, it's fun. It's a fun film. And I, I see, I could, I could totally see, uh, see us watching this uh, for uh, Halloween's from here to come. Yeah, I, I love this movie. I think it's fantastic. I think it's a yeah. really like weird off kilter musical, which is something something I've found that I really have a soft spot for. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Miranda is great. I love Ellen Green. I think Steve Martin, Steve Martin's hilarious. I love Levi Stubbs as uh, as Audrey too, which I think the remake that's going to be that, that those are going to be the big shoes to fill because I feel like he's Absolutely. so he's so fantastic in this movie that it's going to be hard to find someone to live up to that. But uh, regardless. Yeah, I think this movie's fantastic. It's one of my favorite movies. One of my favorite movie musicals. One of my favorite movies just in general. I think it's great. And I'm happy that we got to, yeah. we got to look at it. I'm happy that you finally got to watch it. I am, too. And that's why I'm glad it won. Uh, no complaints here. I'm glad it won. Yeah, for sure. But either way, that's, uh, that's, the, end of, uh, that's the end of this episode. So, uh, Russell, you want to give our plugs for us? Yeah, you can find us on YouTube, Notorious by Chance, our new YouTube uh, channel where we review all uh, new releases. We'll be getting more into that tomorrow. Um, we're going to throw some new releases down. We're kind of behind a little bit, but that's okay. We'll get, we'll get the, the greatest thing about that is we can get caught up super easily with the new releases. Right. Um, join our Facebook group, notorious by chance where we put up new polls. Um, this poll I think coming up is going to be Disney, Disney movies, Disney, Disney, uh, channel, Disney movies. channel movie. Oh, Disney we're, we're going to have some fun. <laughs> yeah, this'll be, this'll be super exciting. I'm looking forward to seeing an awful film. Um, so that'll be fun. And yeah, you, you can follow us on, on there. You know, we throw the polls up, get involved. Um, you know, our, our, ch- our channel, you know, our group's growing. So, uh, we're getting a lot of good feedback, which I enjoy. Um, but yeah, go ahead and join that. And then, uh, you can find us anywhere pretty much where podcasts can be found and make sure you subscribe to the new feed because the old feed is kind of like our retro, uh, classic retro, feed. uh, channel. Yep. And you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, at Chance Wars underscore 91. Check out uh, my, my other podcast, PWCA, podcast about a cool acronym. And, uh, yeah, check out the showdown. Join the Patreon. I compete. Spectacular is coming up in December 7th. So if you're going to be in L.A., buy your tickets. It's going to be a fun time. So uh, that's it. We will see. And, uh, yeah, we will see you next time. We're going to have some fun with some Disney Channel movies. I can't wait to get you to watch one of these. It's going to be great. Oh, and we will boy. See, I can't wait. And we will see you next time.